Animox, que seco. Good evening, everybody. It's Andrew Davis from Toon Talk Radio with Nova Radio as well. So you can actually listen to us via www.toontalk.co.uk and also go to Google Play and you go to www.novaradio.co.uk and you can actually listen to us on any handheld devices. If you want to ring the show, speak to our various guests, 0191 538 9781 and we'll talk all about Newcastle, Sunderland, a bit of South Shields, a bit of Bly Spartans with our special guest, and Matthew Patterson, and various other things that have been going on in Newcastle. What a great weekend for Newcastle United. Three on the bounce, a 2-1 victory against a pretty hard opponent in Stoke City. A really nice way for Newcastle to get back on track after losing two games, where everybody started losing their 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 minds in a sense with Newcastle United but I'd like to bring in my guest this evening uh, my regular co-host in uh, Neil Mitchell in, in Dubai good evening Neil how are you good evening Andrew all the better for another three points on the board mate yeah it was uh, I think it, I think of that particular game I did think it would be uh, pretty back and forward and, and so it proved uh, with with the performance obviously I, I personally thought they should have we should have won uh, they were there for the taking all game uh, our midfield was tremendous. What, 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 was you, what was your initial thoughts? And because obviously it's um, uh, Rafa was uh, couldn't be his usual self on on the on the touchline, but he must be absolutely ecstatic at the moment. Of course, he's got them pulling together. There's a, there's a team ethic going on there at the minute. I mean, we thought it would be a tough game, and actually it wasn't as tough as we thought. It should have been. We made it hard for ourselves. If we'd taken another couple of those chances, we could have been out of sight by half time. You know, and, and what, what, there seems to be a synergy there. The, the team at the minute is greater than the sum of the parts. Um, and it's one of these weird situations where that illness by Rafa probably helped pull everybody together a little bit as well, you know. It's created that little bit of siege mentality. Um, and, it, and it's great to see you put heart to beat. And that's, that's, that's all you can ask, really. It's just, as ever, it's one game at a time, etc., etc. You can pull all the cliches out, you know. Another 31 points to go, or whatever you want to, whichever way you want to put it. Um, 
but let's enjoy it while we can as well. You know, the, 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 there's a there's a lot of positives coming out of there at the minute. Yeah, it's very positive. I think um, I think the only down I thought was the the miss the miss chances of Joe Salou. Um, well, I must admit, I, I watched. I, I'd rather he was getting in the positions to miss them. It, yeah, he wasn't that's, that's the one way of thinking of it. Missed them. That's more of a more of a problem to me. You got to remember, he's not had regular first team football. Probably, you know, it's certainly at Stoke, and he wasn't really going to get a chance with Hughes for one reason or another. Um, and he probably wanted it a bit too bad. Yeah, that's right. I thought, you know, yeah. I, I think he would have loved to have put his letter through the ball and stuck it in the back of the net and stuck it up Mark Hughes. Um, yeah. and, and he had the look of somebody who was maybe just trying a bit too hard at the last minute. But um, like I say, I, for me, it would be more of a problem if he wasn't getting the chances at all. I think, though, to be fair, and I think this is a point that uh, certainly one of my mates made on Twitter through the week, um, if that had been Mitrovic missing those chances, we probably wouldn't have been so lenient on him. Which you know, it just mm. shows, doesn't it? It's 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 it, 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 it's we don't always apply the same rules across the board. Yeah, exactly. Well, that brings us nicely to my main guest this evening, and Matthew Patterson, footballer for South Shields FC. Previous clubs obviously include Newcastle, Norwich, Gateshead, Plymouth Spartans, and now South Shields, and he's obviously now specialising uh, in cars. Good evening to you, Matthew. How are you? Yeah, good evening. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very well, thanks. Um, not nice to be invited back on the show. Always a pleasure. Yeah, I, I took pity on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I must admit, when you were on last time, you gave such a great insight to what it, what it is being a, a footballer, playing for Newcastle, playing at the higher level. Um, when it comes to obviously playing when you start to go up, up and down the league sideways, because that, that's the nature of football, isn't it? But um, what's it been like for you the last couple of years? Um, is it is it nice to go from go to clubs and how have you found it? And um, are you, is it the same as in all the leagues? Have you have you had to get your own deal? Have you had agent doing it? Tell, tell me a little bit how, how you've been going the last couple of years. I know we had the last time, but. You've had, I think, since you came on the show, you've had two moves, right? I think. Since yeah. Then? Well, I, I think I was a Gator at the time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, obviously, I think the main thing is going from uh, Gator to Blythe, and then now South Shields is it's going from full-time football to to part-time football, which obviously what has been the biggest change for me. Um, but in a good way, I think it's obviously given me the chance to do other things and you know rest my body, which it's needed. I think. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I've played a lot of football, you know, over the last sort of five to six years, and it was taking its toll on my body. So I think to go from that to that transition from full time to part time has done me the world of good, and I'm enjoying my football again. Um, playing at South Shields is a fantastic club to be a part of right now. Um, you know, we're doing some great things at the club. We had a great result on the weekend in the FA Cup against Darlow, uh, which not a lot of people I think expected, but it just shows where we at at the moment, and it's. And it's a club are certainly on, on the up, and it's, uh, it's it's great to be a part of it. Uh, but yeah, as like I said, I'm, I'm I'm enjoying myself. I'm doing doing the cars, which is which is really going well. And and then the, the playing for South Shields, I'm I'm really in a happy place at the moment. Yeah, I, was, I think when it comes to football, it is all about what when you especially when you're doing it full time. That's all it is. You know, you you go to training, you come, you eat, you have your lunch, and you know, it, it's obviously it's very, very competitive. So it must, it must have been well hard to switch off 
and then have another job. Because all, you know, I, I myself, I work in cars myself on the weekend for Nissan. So it's um, you know, and I've seen firsthand what it's like with everything that you've got to do with you know the aftercare and you know the warranty. Um, so I can imagine that's that's been a. Do you get involved in that side of it, or you just have to sell the, the actual particular car? Uh, certainly, I mean, well, yeah, more or less just in in, in the whole sales side of it, but it, it just all sort of came together. Um, this the whole car thing just sort of fell into place, really. Uh, I got in through a couple of, of mates who I played with in football, so that just came about, and it's and it's been quite an, an, an easy thing for me to do, really. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It is hard work, and you know, it's 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 obviously when you've been been in football all your life, it's a, it's an eye opener when you've got to start doing some other things, but. Uh, it's something that I'm, I'm, in, I'm enjoying at the moment. It's all sort of social media based and from home, mm-hmm. so it gives me the chance to, to sort of work around other commitments and stuff. Um, and like the, the, the football, the same, the football being part-time gives me a chance to also concentrate on that and, and also more, more so on the, on the family side of things as well, which is, which is really good for me. Um, but you know, I've, I've had nothing but good things so far with, with the cars and, and it's, I'm totally enjoying it. Mm. I was going to say, Neil, you, you, we, with regards to South Shields, we've we've seen a resurgence from that club, isn't it? Like a, um, a a a real, I wouldn't say a punch, but there's definitely a big, uh, there's definitely something happening down there in South Shields, Neil, isn't it? Because if I if looking on from a distance, there seems to be something really happening in the Northern League at the moment. You've got a whole host of teams who um, seem to be sticking it, you know. To, to similar level clubs around the country, you know, when FA Vars time comes around, some of the clubs from outside of the region must be looking at the teams in the north and thinking, well, I don't want any of them. I'll not mm. have any of them in the draw thanks because we seem to have just dominated it. You know, with Morpeth mm. and uh, uh, Dunstan and Whitley Bay. <laughs> you know, the list goes on and on and on, and we've got this. This it, it's a real thriving scene in in the Northern League and. Um, it's something you know that I used to enjoy being part of when uh, I, I was back home and looking on from a distance. It's sort of almost like a little tinge of jealousy for being able to go and savour a little bit of real football. You know, my my, um, my father-in-law is quite well connected with Morpeth, you know, and and, and sort of loves that whole whole level of see that that whole level of football and will actually go there out of preference. You know, it's it's that it's that passionate now, um, and and there's certainly, you know, you look at look at social squads, you know, and and there's there's, there's people in there with a, a great deal like Matty who have got a great deal of experience, you know, from all and so it's it's testimony to the strength of the Northern League as a whole. Yeah, I, mean, I must admit, I, I, for a couple of years because they've I think uh, Matthew they've they've won a couple of. Um, they, well, they've been to Wembley twice, I believe. Have they won twice? Uh, well, they went to Wembley in the Vars final and then won comfortably. Uh, well, this this mm-hmm. year, yeah, yeah. They, um, they beat. I think it was was a clear thought. I think they played in the in the final mm-hmm. of the Vars and uh, and won that. And they won a whole host of other other cups and won the league, uh, the Northern League last year. So they they've done very well. Um, but I think, well, you can see the, the the plan for the club. I think they've got a great owner there that's a, a Shields guy himself and, he, and he's really passionate about the club. He's, he's backing them. He's, he's done a whole lot of things to the infrastructure at the place and, um, you know, he's put a lot of money into the club and it's, 
you know, he's brought the right people in, um, manager-wise and players, and you know, they they, they sort of show him where they want to be in in, in years to come. Because I know, obviously, their the ambition is to get the shields in, into the leagues eventually, and um, the way they're going, I can't see why why they can't really. Um, it's a fantastic club to be a part of at the moment, um, and like uh, you know, in in like we saw uh, the Northern League and, and Northeast football. Uh, just touching on what uh, you know, the guest said there, it's, uh, yeah. Neil. Sorry, um, it's it's a fantastic sort of place to be at the moment, and uh, and it, it shows the quality of the football in the Northern League. A lot of, a lot of players that have played league football and have a lot of experience have, have, have even dropped down a couple of leagues to play in in the Northern League and, and leagues in and around it because you know it's being backed well and uh, and they're getting. They're getting paid well for doing so as well. It's part time, so that they, a lot of them players can go and do other other things as well. Um, and you know, it's it's, it's right. I think Northeast football is very, very strong at, at that level. Uh, and, and I think the way football is going in general at the moment, with the amount of money that's been invested in it, I think it's also it's also bringing bringing on the lower leagues. And I think it's giving sort of some of your wealthy owners they 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 sort of seen what can be done if they invest into a, a lower league club and, and get it right you know through the leagues like for example a Fleetwood I think a lot of a lot of people are, are, are taking taking note of that and realizing that that can be done with other clubs as well yeah I, I think I saw obviously we had a bigger bigger version than we, we saw Salford didn't we um, I think their program on obviously the, the Nevilles and the gigs and yeah you know the right the, you know they all came on and um, they 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 try and do it. I, I suppose I think with South Shields, is South Shields got a an, an owner in the community, or is it somebody abroad, or uh, no, it's, who, it's the, the guy who it's obviously Jeff Thompson who from, from Shields. He's um you know he's uh he's invested a lot, a lot of a lot of his money into the club, and he's I think he took he took over a good, a good few years back and and just and, and realised that it was a club that needed. You know, that was close to his heart and needed, uh, you know, sort of taking over and and putting in the right direction. And he's, and I'm sure he's he's, he's invested a lot of time and money into it. And he's he's he's, he's realised where he wants the club to be and he's got a plan. And um, you know, I'm sure he's not going to stop until he until he reaches his goals of where where the club needs to be. Yeah, who else is there? Because I, I I think I well I, I know I should know this, but Julio Arca is there as is he as well? Is he? Yeah, there's Julio's there. There's a, you know, there's a there's a number of players that I've played gated with: Craig Baxter, John Shaw, mm. Cole Finnegan. Also, obviously, oh, wow. players that played with me at Newcastle in, you know, in the in the youth team reserve level and stuff. And you know, there's 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 a few other players there that have that have, uh, you know, played played league football and, and you know the just the fact that they've attracted these players. You know, I think a lot of people are, are taking note of the club and and and, and sort of. They realise what, also what can be done, you know, at at, at this level and what where shields can go. Uh, I mean, on social media, etc. They're getting so much coverage at the minute, and mm-hmm. it's uh, fantastic to see. Yeah, I think when it comes to when it comes to socialism, when it comes to, I think the, the the interesting thing for me is when when you watch it, if when obviously lots of players are now from Newcastle and you know Gator, they all they all seem to be going to there. I think when you look at when you look at Gateshead, for example, um, you know, you, out of all the teams in the northeast, I think they were the ones that 
everybody thought, well, if, if, if there's going to be a tilt to get back into the league, Gates would be the one. Because, oh. you know, they, they went... I think when you were there, they, they were they were more or less... You know, they, they were getting quite close, weren't they? Um, of that, I know, was Crosby there when you were there? Cause yeah, he was... Uh, it was it was just before I went there when they got when they got to Wembley and and got beaten the final of the playoffs, which was you know which I think was a massive blow for the club because I mm, you know they if they had have if they had have went up there I think you you would have seen a lot more investment into the club and and I think they would they would have been backed a lot better I think since since then we sort of they must you know knocked the stuff in out of the club if you like and uh, you know they've they've sort of just sort of stayed at the same sort of level and you know they brought good players in and. They've had a couple of change of managers, but they seem to just be stalling at the moment, and, and they've been a bit too inconsistent as well. I know because it, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's such a big, well, you know, such a big club, and they've got more resources than, you know, um, I suppose with with South Shields. But but when it comes to the, um, you obviously, the, I think when it comes to other teams giving them players from Gateshead, I think uh, with the noise that South Shields are making. It probably would make more sense, wouldn't it, that for players that are, you know, want to want to play in a in a, a big level with a bit more of a buzz around it, you would think more players are going to go to 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 South Shields and what they're going to go to Gates. And even though Gates is not that, obviously it's it's a hop, skip, and a jump, isn't it, for for the for the players of Sunderland or the players from Newcastle, uh, Harleypool, Darlington, whatever it is, but to to come there and. And uh, and start there, especially if if the noise is is, is getting quite loud that socials are really going to be doing something, and it it must be for you, it must be quite exciting uh, to get involved in it. And and uh, what? Uh, how many how many leagues are you before you can actually start to take on Gates and see if, see if you could be the the team that take gets back into the league? Well, we we three we three off Gator at the moment. Uh, three, oh wow. So yes, uh, we got, got promoted from the Northern League last year. So we got yeah, it would be three promotions and then into the the conference. But I think a lot a lot of Shields' success comes on the back of such a, a big fan base for a club in that level. The, the fan base is is phenomenal, really. Sort of getting yes, getting sixteen, seventeen hundreds to to home games this season. I mean it's. It's blowing, it's blowing other other non-league north northeast teams out of the water when it comes to fan base. Um, obviously, a big massive catchment area uh, for for fans. I think for, for the club, and and you certainly see that when you go to the games, and even you know, more often than not, there'll be more Shield fans at away games than actual home team. Uh, mm-hmm. So they've taken they've taken these leagues by by storm, and. Um, and you know, as clubs, clubs. When we go to play teams, they can't, they can't believe the the fan base. And you just need to see what I mean. The the fan the fan base that turned out to Wembley last year at the Vars. I mean, this year, sorry, uh, I think they took about sixteen thousand there. So mm-hmm. uh, the support, the support, Bloody unbelievable. Hell. Like I said, for this for this level, um, and it's only going to get bigger if they if we keep doing doing well and and uh, you know and keep going up up the leagues. There's obviously going to be a lot more interest. Yeah, I was going to say, Neil. I think he, when it comes to Gator, they've definitely stalled, like Matthew says, and it's especially with the the big ideas they had. Because I, I, you know, they were going to build around the corner from where I live. Like I, I live on Whitehall Road, and um, you know they're going to build it right across from the Civic Centre uh, back a few years ago. 
so you know, if there's bigger bigger noise being made by other northeast clubs, it should call. It should, well, you think be more rather, wouldn't you, Neil? Well, yeah. I mean, there there are already <clears throat> sort of deep seated rivalries at the northern league, sort of at that level anyway. But as you start to climb the pyramid, it's it's it it, it can get a little bit more. Uh, tasty, so to speak. But I, th- I think what you're going to find, what's happening is it's going to lift all the clubs because uh, they'll all want to aspire to climb that pyramid and, and, and it can only be really be good for football in the northeast in general. Every now and again you get an outlier. I know I've got a good mate of mine lives down in Truro in mm-hmm. Cornwall and uh, they had a, a, a benefactor take the club over and do quite a lot with them and I think they had some ridiculous like six promotions in seven seasons. <laughs> and then... Um, um, but then it got to the point where the clubs kicked off about having to play their away games in Truro, to the point where some clubs were forfeiting the game because they just couldn't be bothered or didn't have the ability to travel all the way to the tip end of Cornwall. So they had to restructure the league to, to take into account this this odd outlier claiming the leagues at rate of knots. And so, it, 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 but what that did was it generated such a massive interest. In, in in the football club from the town and it, it, it's quite passionate. My mate only rocked up because they're playing black and white stripes. You say that turn up one day to support them because he saw this team playing in black and white stripes. Thought who, who the hell are they? Um, and so you, you, can see, you see palpably the, the the buzz something like that can create. And certainly you know it, it self shields. Sorry, I, I, as somebody who used to live in North Shields, I've got to say self shields. I can't just call them shields. Um, you know, it, 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 they're very passionate about that team. And they always have been, really, at that non-league level. You, you talk to the lads who used to stand on the terraces of Whitley Bay, you know, who were equally passionate about their, their boys. And it, it's, um, it's good for the region to see them doing well and to see them claim, because it gives other teams something to aspire to and something to look at. And certainly, it's just going to do the region some a load of good below the, you know, we're, we're forever here talking about the big clubs, obviously, but there's such a positive, thriving non-league scene in the northeast at the moment, um, and, and it's it's really gone from strength to strength since I come out here. Um, and, and certainly, next time I'm back, if it's during the football season, I'll be trying my best to take in some some sort of northern league game somewhere along the line. Yeah, I, was gonna, I think uh, when it comes to the, that particular league, uh, Matthew, when it, when you think about it. Like, like the one thing you have, I've noted when you said is trying to protect your body. Now, when you're in that league, the amount of travelling, like how how many games a week are you, do you currently play at the moment? I presume it's two, right? Yeah, well, I mean, at the moment you're playing two two games a week, especially when you're still in the FA Cup, and a couple of other other cups as well. So more often than not, it'll be two games a week. Yeah, so it's Saturday, Tuesday, and especially the travelling. A lot yeah. more travel this year. I mean, last year Shields were in the Northern League, so it wasn't so bad. You'd only you'd only, you'd only travel probably max maybe an hour away. But now mm. we we go in sort of down the country to like Manchester and and, and a lot of places like that. Uh, and and that's, that's that's absolutely the challenge then, isn't it? For you, money really in a bit in a similar way that when yeah Truro did their ridiculous set of promotions, it's, it just threw leagues totally on the head. Because suddenly teams are travelling, you know, an hour, hour and a half mm-hmm. plus, and they've got guys in there who are not full time, 
to have got to fit it around a normal life and a day job and, and, and all yeah. of that. And it's a totally different challenge, isn't it? And it is for the club. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot more money to out, out lay on, on travel and etc. and food. You know, so it does. It, you've got to take that all into account. A lot. A lot of clubs won't in the Northern League won't want to go up. You know, unless they're serious about kicking mm. the club on, a lot of them would rather stay in that league for that mm. reason. That they, they, they don't have to then go in and sort of pay more money for the travel etc. But the thing is, it's. Football has always been about glory, hasn't it, Matt? It's always been about glory. This, this is the thing, isn't it? If you're as close, really, to 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 Gateshead, my goodness, I I, I never I never had a clue. I actually thought, I just thought South Shields was uh, lower down than a couple of leagues lower than than Gateshead, and the fact that, but the, the amount of games must be the 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 biggest optical. Like how many how many games a season are you playing? in that league because it, it comes across that's a lot yeah well you, you, you're still playing the same amount of games as you do when you're playing full, full-time football yeah, when you're good. playing yeah. league football uh, yeah. because you've still got the same amount of teams in your league and you know and so it's it's, it's, it's tough it's uh, you know it's, and especially for lads because it is lads that have full-time jobs like Neil said and, uh, and they you know they've, they've got to work that around the football around that um, so it's got to be tough for a lot a lot of a lot of players are playing non-league football to to sort of work around their lives. It, it can't be easy. I mean, like I said, I do. I've got my my other job, but that's you know that I can work that around my my lifestyle because it's sort of based from home. But the guys that guys that have trades and work for companies that you know that aren't so lenient towards players going away maybe early mm-hmm. on a Tuesday because they've got a game on a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the, the match will probably... Weird, to a weird Colwyn there on a Tuesday night, that would be a killer, wouldn't it? You know, you know. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we just done that a couple of Saturdays ago and it was a killer on a Saturday, <laughs> never mind a Tuesday. <laughs> so how, how, what, what, what position are you in the league at the moment? No, top at the moment. You're top of the Northern League, so... Um, One above com- the Northern League, so it's, it's uh, the Evo Stick uh, second division oh, yeah. now. Yeah, right. The Northern Premier League Division 1 North. Oh right, okay. So you're not you're not really so Gateshead, where Gateshead in, in how many how, how many leagues are there ahead of you before you can start going at them? So Gateshead are three above us. They they in three. the in the well okay. the conference, which is a national national league now. Right. Um, so yeah, it would be three promotions from that where they are. And obviously, you said when it comes to the the second job, um, what's that? What what is that like? Because I would have thought in in what you're doing that would that would lead to you know going back into talking to obviously regular folks but also uh, agents and also footballers so that that could lead to a is is that something you're doing as well because, especially with it being because you essentially you're having to become a salesperson but the, the amount of players that agents go through um, you know the amount of players. Is that something you're doing as well? Are you looking to do that? Because obviously I'm a natural born salesman, even though I don't even think I am all the time. But uh, is well, that something you're doing? Because that that could be. I keep on hearing about players on LinkedIn, especially who yeah. seem to be tapping into that market. Well, it's, it's, I don't do it sort of um, intentionally, but it, it just so happens that because I've played in the game and I know a lot of a lot of agents and and players mm-hmm. that they see what you're doing and they, you know, it, it interests them. Uh, one thing footballers love is a nice car, so. You know, I've, I have had a lot of a lot of players ask about it, and 
and even come and buy buy a car or lease a car, and it's a you know it's a massive market to to get involved into with the football and the cars. So um, you know it is it is it is very good, and I, I do have a lot of them connections, which is which has been fantastic for myself. But it must be, it must be opening a bit of an eye opener going from being a footballer like a part-time football and then to, to work well uh, I was going to say real work but it's it's all about um, you know obviously you selling the car <coughs> you understanding a lot of the the terminology when it yeah. comes to cars because you know they, it opens my eyes when you sell when I when the guys I work with sell a car and uh, the amount of things you've got to know about the car is that yeah. one thing you have to do do you have to go and say okay the, this light does that. This does that. You, you've got to really get in, get involved in it. But obviously, you drove a car anyway. But um, <laughs> you know, you, but you you have to, don't you? Because yeah, you a have, lot of you people have to know, what, know what you're selling. Simple as that. Yeah, you can't go into something and not and not learn about it, or mm. or you know, or or sort of revise and and you've got you've got to study your stuff. And I've, I've done that. And um, you know, I, I knew I knew that it would come eventually in in my football career where I would take a step back. Mm. Um, and, and and go into into work. You know, you, you have to do that. I think unless you want you're a Premier League boy or, you know, sort of playing in the, maybe playing in the Championship your whole career, you, you're not going to have the type of money where you can just stop stop working full stop. You know, football's been very good to me, um, you know, financially. But it's, it's, it was always going to be a case where I was always going to work after after football, and and it's something that I, I wanted to do as well. But like I said, it's something that just sort of fell into my lap. Uh, which was which was made it a bit easier, um, and it's something that I'm enjoying doing. And and uh, when when I when it's time to make that that complete transition from and not playing football at all, uh, you know I'm sure it'll be tough, but it's it's something that, I, that I'll be prepared for. And and um, you know I'm 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 sure I'll not look back and and uh, and, and regret not doing anything with, with besides football. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Oh yeah, I think that's a, the whole point, isn't it? You, if you don't grow. Especially, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say footballers have it easy, but um, I kind of they kind of do in lots of respect. But with huge pressure as well to go on there and perform. And I, you probably may have saw last night when PSG, the amount of money that they've got, all those all those players, and they're arguing about taking a penalty. And these guys, you would think, would want to win because of the team they've got. They've got a real good chance of beating all of everybody out there, but when it comes to the, the team spirit, if you if you don't have it, and that's the thing is, when when you when you do go part time, it, it 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 does make people um, try harder. It does make you you you, you come more invested in it. as you, as you said yourself, you're enjoying it more. Well, yeah, I think also because you know it's what what you still enjoy playing the game. You still love the game. Um, you know, I'm still only 31. Uh, and you know I've still got legs in me, and I enjoy playing football. It's, it's um, and as long as I can still do that, I'm sure I'm sure I'll, I'll play for, for as long as I can. Um, you know, but that's that's what it's all about. If if, if you lose that hunger and, and and the desire to want to play football, then you may as well you may as well hang your boots up because there's no point just just sort of going through the motions. Because even at, at the level I'm at now, and even in the, the Northern League. Uh, where Shields were last year, you, you can't you can't turn up to these games and, and think you're gonna just turn it on um, because you'll get you'll you'll be sort of uh, drastically mistaken. You, you'll get kicked up a height and there's and you know there's fit lads in, in these leagues out there and they'll they'll run rings around you if you're not prepared for it. Uh, mm-hmm. So you've got your heart's got to be in it um, and you know you've got to you've got to really give it 100. percent 
Yeah, I think when it when it comes to the, you know, when it comes to the, when 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 did you actually decide realise that when you were playing football at a high level, did did you lose a bit of, um, did, did you fall a bit out of the love of game? It's a high level. Did, did, does that happen? Because you know, I think when you come to, um, I think when you come to, especially when you come to football and link it with depression, like we obviously we heard about Mister Mister Clark Carlisle. Uh, having an episode of the day. Um, what was your thoughts on that? Because I personally think it's linked to CTE, uh, which uh, the fo- the, fo- the American footballers uh, go through over there, and it leads to massive issues. And because this guy, in essence, got it all, hasn't he, hasn't he man? Yeah, well, of course. I mean, but that's the thing, you know. Just because footballers have got all the, m- the money in the world and. Um, People think they've got fantastic lives, but with with that comes a lot a lot of other issues. Uh, you know, um, I'm sure gam- gambling was up there w- with an issue um, with with him, with himself, which is which I think is one of the biggest. And in and in football, you know, you, you you're hearing about it a lot more now with with depression. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes a lot of players don't know how to, know how to handle that that fame and the fact they've got that much amount of money. That a lot of the times, if they ill advised, they don't know what to do with it, and they turn to things like like gambling, um, obviously alcohol, drugs, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to get sucked into. And, uh, you know, these, at the end of the day, a lot of these lads have, have just came from normal backgrounds and, and to get to get this, that sort of fame and, and lifestyle, it's, uh, it, it, can, it can, you know, it can take a toll on you. Um, and, you know, you can, you can not go through that money quicker than what you got it as well. Um, and and when, when that happens, you know, that's when the reality hits, hits players, I think. And when, also when you come into the end of your career, a lot of players sort of think then, you know, they they don't know what to do with themselves, and, and you know they, they think they've got they, they've got nothing but football, and when that's taken away from them, then you know they can go down down a slippery slope then as well. Mm. Uh, Andrew, Andrew yeah. you've heard me go on about this before. I'm quite sure um, the, the lack of pastoral care for young men mm. in football sometimes is is, is embarrassing. You know, as Matty rightly says, you take some lads from sometimes very ordinary backgrounds, stick a wad of cash in their back pocket, and expect them to behave professionally, but expect them to know exactly what to do and everything to do, and when to say and when not to say. It even gets the gets the you know guys at the top top end. You know, you look at Aaron Le- Aaron Lennon go and walk about again yeah. in, in the season. You look at even down to things like Deli Ali flicking his finger on the pitch. Mm-hmm. In, in an England game, that's a lad under a hell of a lot of pressure. And yeah, he's, he's taking some stick quite rightly for it. Um, but, you know, is, is that the signs of somebody who's just, you know, just starting to feel it a little bit? He's at the top of his game. And yeah, he's, he's at the top of his earning potential. And, he's, and he's, he's got all the money in the world to do whatever he damn well wants with it. And you know what? I bet that's great for about a week. Yeah. I've got a mate. I've got a mate here who was was travelling between business projects, and he was literally circumnavigating the globe in business class, coming back to Dubai, sort of once every every two three weeks via various points around the globe, and he and he says it was great. He felt like James Bond for about a month, <laughs> and then and then he woke up one morning and he didn't know which city he was in because mm-hmm. he was staying in the same brand of hotel, so all the rooms looked the same. He was half asleep, 
didn't know what time zone he was in, and he actually had to look out the bloody window to work out which city he was in, and he was totally disorientated. And, and you know, it, it's all very well and good saying that, that that must be easy and that must be fun, but everything brings its own set of pressures, and the big problem in football, big, 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 big problem, is there's just a distinct lack of pastoral care. And then you've got agents snapping around kids at younger and younger ages now, ages now bringing different levels of pressure and putting <coughs> pressure on the fa- families to make them perform and putting pressures on the families to do this with the money and that with the money. And then you've got African lads like Czech Kyoto, who the late Czech Kyoto, where there's concerns about the family, where's all the money that he's earned, been earning going and are the family going to have enough money left behind to pick up the pieces after he's gone? And this was a lad who was earning significant amount, mm. amounts of money. You know, it, 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 it disappears in some interesting ways. And, and not everybody can handle that. You know, and, and, and then you, you, I, I could go on and on and on all night about different levels and stratas at which there really should be things in place for these guys. Because um, there's enough money disappears out of the game into agents' back pockets. Some of the money disappearing out of the game really should be coming back in in the form of some sort of creating some sort of network to try and help some of these guys cope with the pressures. Yeah, you know, I think, it's, I think it's you're right, yeah. It's not easy at all. If, if, I think if you, if you, if you take a look at, at footballers throughout the full football league and, and even lower that have earned a lot of money, I think you, you, you'll find, shockingly, there'll be a lot more players that, that won't have, in, have been advised to invest their money well. No. There, you know, there'll be a lot more of them than, 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 than there is, you know what I mean? There'll be a lot more that, that haven't mm-hmm. been guided down the path than, than, than that has been, you know what I mean? It's, um, and I was one of them to a certain point in my career, but lucky enough, I was towards the, the sort of the latter stages. I, I, I sort of got it right. So, you know, but before that, there was, there was no guidance or nothing in it, and I was one of them myself. It all sort of, you get too used to a lifestyle and the money goes absolutely nowhere. Well, that's the thing is that you think, well, you know, like I think the one thing you've seen with, when you see the NFL and, you know, hard knocks, right? You see the you see the old timers coming in, and or even even coaches coming in and talking to them about it doesn't mean anything all this money, just you know it just get your head right. This is the problem, isn't it, Matthew and Neil? Yeah. These guys, it's about your character. Like, do you not think from where, from our ages when we had to go out to work, it's it's similar, you know. You, you, you know what you're talking about as well, Matt. When it comes to football and in general, the, the fact that you've got to work, you've got to work for it. These guys haven't worked a day in their lives. They've basically just played football. They've enjoyed it. They've made money. But you know, you've got to, like, you know, back. You, I don't even want to go back in the day, but would it not be far easier from in all leagues, all divisions, that ex players who are playing and uh, you know, could could uh, you know, could be could be at Newcastle, could be at Sunderland, could be at any of the, the, the bigger type clubs to to get involved. It might take you away from selling your cars, <laughs> but, uh, but you, know, you never know. You never sell one uh, on the go. But um, do you not think it it would be a good idea that across, if the FA or even if somebody had an idea like um, and said, okay, why don't we get involved? With all the clubs, the top clubs, and start this pastoral care because I believe they um, they they st- well Newcastle I know and so other clubs when a player comes in from another country uh, they are assigned a person who looks yeah. after them 
Um, you, uh, that, but that just seems to have happened in the last couple well, of years, I was right? To say, Andrew, that wasn't always the case. You, know, you look at the case of somebody like, well, that, I'll, I'll give you a name, Marcelino, who came into our club and got a lot of stick for not uh, for, for being injured. But he come with, with um, very little English, with a wife with no English, with children with special educational needs, trying to find schools for them who don't speak English, and nobody giving them any support. And I'm sorry, in, in that situation for me, if my employer wasn't giving me that level of support, if I didn't feel 100% fit, would I throw a sickie every now and again? Mm. Do you know what? Damn right you might. Damn yeah. right you might. And, and so, it, it, you're right, it's come in recently, and, and, and quite right too, that it's become a global game. And people land in sort of into different cultures, and you see it here. You see some players just can't adapt out out here in the Middle East to, to the change in lifestyle and the change in patterns, and they, they come over and some thrive in it, and some have resurrected their careers out here. Uh, Ricardo Quaresma, the the the, the Portuguese winger who came mm. out here, and everybody said he was done, and then mm. he, a couple of seasons out here, and he was back in the Portuguese national team. Because he thrived out here, he, mm. it suited him. People sometimes land in places where it suits, and it's happenstance. Or somebody's got the arm around the shoulder, showing them where, the way they go and showing them what to do. And, and, and it's quite right, too, that these players need support like that. They need a lot of it. Yeah, I was going to say, Matt, when it comes to you know, you know, players that you, you must have seen. Were you in Newcastle when Marcelino was here? You must have... You must have seen a lot of this at first hand, even when you were at Norwich and all that stuff. It's, back then, there was there was like when kids are coming through, like you know, you get them to clean your boots. But they should, even in the academies, they should even now there should be a thing. Okay, if coming coming to like you know do your do your um, you know your training, do all that stuff. But there should be a way that you push these kids or whatever. Into a into a, a second job to do something, be part of the community. Like probably the one that's impressed me has been has been Hayden, who's involved yeah. with um, with the you know the um, the you know the, the food banks. Uh huh. Yeah, well, certainly. I mean, that's. I think that's going out of the game a little bit now. I think you know back in the day when in you know, so about say about fifteen fifteen sort of year ago, it's you know the young players were you know learned the hard way uh, you know, it wasn't easy for young apprentices um, you know sort of 15 year back 20 year back here you know they learned the game the hard way they learned the trade you know off, off the pros and the, and, the, and the pros sort of gave them you know gave them a, a sort of harsh reality of what football was about and, and you know, that, I think that was only good for players in the long run because it learned them the respect and it learned, it learned them that you know they, they're going to have to work for if they want to be footballers they're going to have to work hard for it and you know they had they had to do like they had to clean the boots that they, they had to sort of clean cars they had to um, you do a lot a lot of things you know and and, and it was t- it was tough for them but I think that in the modern game today I think a lot a lot of younger players they've got it too easy now I mean it's you know it's, it's all all that sort of that you know the the, the hardness of of your your ex ex pro has, has has gone out of the game and it's um, you know they're not allowed to do the things they 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 done back then but. You know, players are. I mean, the clubs that I, I've been to, and I've seen some of the younger players coming through. They, they're just strolling about, haven't got a care in the world. But you know, and it, and it comes comes to sort of 19, 20, 21, and they, and they're falling out of the game because they haven't been schooled properly. Um, mm. And 
you know, and, and, and they end up just going down down the leagues. Uh, you know, a lot of them have got talent, but you know, it's, it's, they've just just been given them given to them too too easily, and they they, they haven't learned the, the the proper way to do it. You know, the right way to do it, and they haven't earned earned the right, if you like. Mm. I was going to say, can you, can you imagine asking somebody like Neil Ranger to clean your car? You'd, pro- you'd probably do it with a bottle of Bollinger in a, in a beer. <laughs> you know, like, you come back and be, be scratched and sticky. You think, what the hell are you doing with it? You know, it's just. It, it, I, I think the, the, there's also a problem is that you, you take some young kids these days and try and give them a, a little bit of a, a school of hard knocks, if you will, and uh, and they're off off crying. You know, they, they kind of take constructive criticism even, and it's very no, very difficult to, to school people to <coughs> think the right way uh, and act the right way. And when the when they're giving it on a plate, and is it any any wonder some of them end up in some real serious bother? And it's not really a laughing matter. It's quite sad, really. Mm. I mean, when I was in, when back in the day, when I was at Newcastle, if, you, if Alan Shearer or Craig Bellamy for Kieran Dyer, for example, actually clean their boots and and you had a problem with it, so you probably wouldn't you wouldn't see the light of day again in a, in a black and white top. If, if I'm honest with you, that's the way that's the way it would happen. Mm. I think um, when it comes to like, you know, I, let's let's take one guy for instance, right? He had, he's played very intimately for, for Liverpool. He hasn't even played more than five, I think, more than ten games, and and he scores for Wales, uh, wins the game for them. Within a couple of days, he gets a new bumper contract, Liverpool. Where and that that guy is that young lad is running around trying to impress, trying to make a difference. What does it tell you that within a couple of days they're giving him shitloads of money? Yeah. To, you know you you've got to have an incentive, and this is the problem, isn't it? You're paying them so much, and you know football has a duty of care to them to themselves. You know yes, you can make make so many deals with TV, this, that, and the other. But you sh- there's no one in this green, God's green earth you should be play- paying a footballer 600,000, that Pratt, uh, uh, Carlos Tevez in, uh, in China, and the guy's not really fit. Um, and I was going to mention, actually, before we get into Newcastle, um, is Mr. Pino, what's he up to? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, he's, he's, uh, he's ended up uh, back in, in South Africa. Oh, he's back uh, there, is he? Yeah, you know, he's he's playing for a, a team that I that I last played for when I was out there uh, just before I come back to 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 Gated. He's a team called Bidvest Fits. He's playing there at the moment. Um, I think which it, which always would have been the plan for him. I think as he was coming to the end of his career, yeah, mm-hmm. I think he always would have ended up back in in South Africa. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't surprised to see that one. Mm-hmm. Bidvest is the company that sponsors Sun as well, isn't it? Is the same yeah, they, company? To, they did have a partnership with him. Was, I don't think they do now, but they did have a couple of years back. I think um, they've gone to another club now. I, I, I could have sworn I've seen that advert for uh, somebody else. Uh, you know, when it comes to when it comes to Newcastle, what, you know, it's been so. Well, you, you saw it. You, you live here. Um, what has been your take on the Rafa Benitez situation? Because if you look at what's been happening with other clubs now, uh, imploding. It just shows it, isn't it, that um, when it comes to him, you know, the, the, the whole basis should be of a club to stable, the club, the club to be stable, to look after your manager, and when he, especially when he gets the job done for you, and brings in players and 
tells you what's this 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 is the way that this club will get better is by bringing the players I want in, and when you don't do that, or you you haven't got the ways, or you know you, you're not you're bringing players in for the sake of it, like a bit like Everton, I would suggest. Um, it's what what was your take on it? Because obviously he he seems to have been pretty close a couple of times. I think obviously. Yeah, and I thought the same myself. In, in you know, in the in the summer and in the transfer window, you, you did. You like you said, you've seen these teams that are sort of in and around the same same as Newcastle, the same sort of clubs. You know, like your Everton's, your Stoke City's, uh, even the teams that came up came up with them. Uh, you know, Huddersfield, uh, Brighton, Bournemouth. They spent. They you know they're going out. They're spending fifteen to twenty million pound on players. Everton even even more. Um, you know, and they. It was frust- it was frustrating, I'm sure, for a lot of Newcastle fans to to, to see that, and um, you know, it sort of, you know, you didn't know where where the club where the club was at or where they were going. But I think I think the best the best thing that could have happened to them was that transfer window shutting. Um, you know, obviously the manager wasn't happy that he couldn't bring in who he wanted to bring in, but you know that happened, and you know that, that there was too much negativity in and around that transfer window, I think, and around the club. And it was affecting everybody involved, um, and I think if that had a, if that had a went on a little bit longer, you might have seen the, the manager walk. Um, you know, so like I said, the best thing that could have happened was that window shutting and then just getting their heads down, working with the players he has got, uh, getting the best out of them. And I think since that happened, uh, you, you notice a massive difference. You know, and I, he's obviously realised that that he's going to have to work with the players he's got. He hasn't. He, and there's no window till January, and. You know, he made a couple of okay signings, I think, like uh, the lad who's, who we were talking about earlier, Yossel, who, who missed them mm-hmm. chances. And like Neil said, you would much rather he's getting in the he's getting in the opportunity he's getting opportunities and he's getting in the positions. And you know, the lad hasn't played a lot of football, and and give him a couple of weeks, and I'm sure you'll be putting them away. But it's you know, it's important for them to keep building on what they've done now. They've, um, I think, what Rafa has done, and what he will do with it, with the team is he'll make them a lot harder to beat. Especially away from home, um, and I'll, you'll find they'll be a, a, a lot more solid, of, a, a lot more solid team, and they'll, you know, they'll they'll be very compact and, and hard to beat. If, like I said, especially away from home, because that's I think that's the only way they're going to get results in this league. You know, at home it's a little bit different. You can you can afford to sort of uh, attack a bit more and and uh, be a bit more adventurous. But um, you know, in general, I think. Newcastle are going to win a lot of games this season. Sort of your one nils, your two ones, like they did on Saturday. Even though they could have could have won that game by a lot more, um, but certainly they need to build on what they've done. And, and you know, it shows you that's what three wins on the bounce can do in this mm-hmm. league. It's you know, a lot of Geordies would have woke up this morning and uh, you know, been in a, in a in a very happy mood for the week ahead, seeing fourth on the table and um, you know, up, up there with some of the big boys. So they 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 really have just got to build on what they've done. It for me, it's it's actually, you know, it's a perfect. In a way, it's, it could be twofold, couldn't it? You know, Mike Ashley could be sitting there as smug as anything, and saying, "Oh, look, I see, we didn't need to spend all that money." But I think when it comes to, um, I think me and Neil talked about this last week. When it comes to Newcastle, they've, they've we've never really been a, a club of, uh, you know, spending loads and loads and loads and loads of money. Uh, if you look back at the history, um, there hasn't, there wasn't really a lot, and we used to try and bring in our own players as well. Um, but because this league is such a cash, 
is such a cash cow and other teams are spending the money just to be able to you know be able to play the, the big boys take them on and, and and try and be high in the league because a lot of teams well a lot of teams are, are just playing for the uh, they're not playing to to win the league because they know they can't but when it comes to the when it comes to you know the positions in the league they get their money but they get money for what how they place in the league so a lot of them are just throwing darts at staying obviously stay in the league and but finishing at a particular mark so that they can at least get you know um the boost of uh money they receive from the premier league uh let's let's not forget as well now that uh we talk about all these clubs spending your 15 20 25 million pounds for players but what what's that getting you these days? You know that's it's the big boys are spending seventy, eighty million, hundred million to get to get players. So you know these these teams that we've mentioned spending twenty millions on on a player, that player isn't necessarily going to be going to be a top player these days. It's just the way the market is and the way the football's mm-hmm. going. It's gone it's gone bad, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, this 20, is, 20, 20 million is the new twenty million is the new five million. It is, you isn't it? Those, you see some of those transfer fees and you say how much. It just doesn't make any sense at all. And we were saying this a, a few weeks ago, you know, there was players going for 80, 19, 20 million that you're just thinking, well, where's that come from? Townsend, the Crystal Palace were wanting something like 23 million mm-hmm. for him. They were, they were prepared to let him go for 13 in January. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? I don't know where else you get that kind of return on investment. You know, it, it's, it's mental. It doesn't make any sense at all either because there's no rhyme or reason to it. And then, of course, there's your classic English tax. If you want an English player, <laughs> you're going to pay an extra 20% on top of that again just because of the nationality. Absolutely. It's bonkers. Johnny, Johnny Evans talking oh, yeah. about going for £30 million. I mean, where's that came from? Good player. But that's the thing. It's, you, look at, you look at what's... It is, that's what I'm saying. They, they got at you, the, the whole thing about... The FIFA and, the, and you've got the FA. They have a They should, you know. You, you look at the the American league, like they've got a very strict regiment where the the actual league buys the players. Yeah. I, I think it's a bit of a flawed system, but I think the one player that probably seems you've probably been impressed with has been Marino in Newcastle yeah. in that midfield. It just looks like he's got so much time, and. Uh, I, at the moment, you can't see Shelby getting back in. No, he's, he's been very, very good since he's come in. I've watched him, you know, a lot since uh, since he's came into the team, and he's just one of them that looks he's very easy on the eye. He, mm. he passes the ball well. He passes forward a lot, um, and he just doesn't seem. To have, he's one of them that doesn't seem to panic, or he's always got loads of time. But that's that's because he's he's a, he's a good player, and he and he, he sort of he makes that time for himself. Um, so I think he's only going to get better. Uh, you know, he's, he's came from the whole Spanish culture where, you know, they, they you know, what they're all about. Um, mm. you know, they, they, they're taught from such a young age. They're, they're winning everything these days at youth level and and at senior level. And they, you know, they, they, they're fantastic footballers. And, and he's only going to get better and better, I think. So it would be great for them to keep a hold of him and you know, for, for the future. When you look, when you look at Sunderland, um, obviously... Uh, what's your what's quick comment on Mitrovic and the, the way that he got sent off? What was your thoughts on him? Um, he's clearly well, not trustworthy, is he? Obviously. Well, he's, he he is a hothead, isn't he? That's the that's the problem with him. Uh, he, he can be a good footballer when he when he puts his mind to it. Um, 
but just too too often not. And I and I, I think fans won't like me saying this, but I think a lot of the time that the fans are are, are his are his worst enemy because they sort. I think he's got carried away with with you know the. And, and, and don't get me wrong, the Geordies just want it. They want to see passion, but I think he he takes that a, a level too far. And, and because they they spur him on, and they you know he puts his he gets stuck into a tackle, and then the the crowd go wild for him. You know, I think I think that sort of brings brings the worst out of him. I think he gets a bit carried away, and he's uh, he gets his emotions get the better of him. And that's happened on too many occasions, I think. And with the likes of Rafa, if you can't trust the player, you won't you won't play him. I think that's, that's rightly mm-hmm. so. I think. I think the problem is you've got two players who are very similar in Shelby and in Mitrovic. So you can you can imagine every game that Rafa, when these two, obviously Shelby's back in, but when you got when you got Mitrovic back in, it's the, the two of them ready to play. I, I, you know, you can sense already they they're going to be nowhere near that team. They're going to be they're going to be subs at the very best. Yeah. Um, I think with with Rafa every every single game. Like you know, he he's going to change it up, but this is the thing, isn't it? With when you with the owner, you think, well, okay, make it easier on yourself. Just give the guy what he wants, and you know, the, this team could really, really be something exciting if it's if it's got a plan of it. If if there's a plan in place um, moving forward to do something great, but um, when you look at Newcastle, you look at Sunderland. Well, the wheels have well and truly fell off at Sunderland, haven't they? Certainly, um, that's, it's a club in, in sort of turmoil at the moment. Uh, uh, you know, if the signings that Grayson's made to bring into the club aren't haven't haven't been up, up to it, have they? Um, they really struggled, uh, and so it is always tough when you get that first season when you get relegated, um, finding your feet in the championship. And if you don't, if you don't make make the right signings, which I think Rafa done fantastically for Newcastle last last season, he he he. he He's done it, done it really well. He, he made, he made, sort of, if you like, championship signings where they, they were top players in that league and they knew the league inside out and they could get the club out of it. He knew that, and um, I think Sunderland have, have, have failed with that one. I think, and they're really struggling. Um, you know, the fans are on the case. They they can't buy a win at the moment, um, and I think it's going to be a long season for them. Uh, you must, you must have thought you had a chance of getting in there, did you? Well. <laughs> But the amount of play, the amount, the thing is, that's that league. You need tried and tested players, who, thing, yeah. who, who have an idea about football and how to carry themselves. Sunderland need characters. Every team and needs characters. That's it, and, and and it doesn't seem like they've got that at the moment. It seems like they've just sort of they've went from where they were at last season and they've took it in, into this season. Um, he was, it was a strange appointment as well for me uh, to get him in. I mean, they, they were saying that there wasn't a lot of top managers in for the job, but I mean, it's still, it's still a massive club, and, and you've got to be able to get attract the top manager. I think at, for, for a club as big as that, and I can't tell me that that was that, the, the only option for that club. It, it's, it just baffles me really, uh, because if, I think that somebody could have got a hold of that that team and and made the right signings and got the club back to where it needs to be. I think because. It is a massive club, um, and they've got a, a great fan base. So it's 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 a uh, it's a shame for them, really. But uh, like I said, it's going to be a long, a long, tough season for them. Mm. Just like right, just like the CEO of Ryanair. <laughs> 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 you, can, you just you can't get any worse, can it? When you think of 
when you think of Sunderland, like, I must admit they they clearly they're clearly saying to their fans, well, we're just gonna we're gonna plod on. We can't get we can't sell the club because. But, but but easy league. What about the easy league? The easy league that we should have won by twenty million points. <laughs> It's not an easy league by any stretch of the imagination, is it? It's a very tough league. It's harsh reality that you cannot do. We we were fortunate enough to to be able to hang on to some some quality and add to it with the players we shipped. What they've had to do is is, is Rafa had to rebuild a team. They've had to rebuild a squad, Mm -hmm. and and it shows. It shows. I know from the bits and bobs out. I watched our game um, with a, a, a black and white mate. It was, it was the other half is red and white over here. Um, and gosh, the doom and gloom in that half of the house. Um, it's quite palpable. And, and it, it just really is. It, 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 the reality is really biting. And all this, this, this charades about was the club being sold or not and mm. the Germans got cold feet and I think the, the lads from the, the supporter side of things who got themselves a nice lot of bit of publicity for that company out of it if no else um, they seem to disappear yeah, it, it's, it's not an attractive it's like we were talking about last week it's not a terribly attractive proposition in terms of a purchase at the moment it's as simple as mm. that I think uh, it's funny isn't it Matt when you when you look at your, your schedule you've got to play two games a week at, at the level that you're that you're playing at, now I bet I wouldn't be surprised that your your level would be a bit of be far more committed than what they are on their level. Because they, cause they're obviously you can tell <coughs> they they don't seem to be able to handle that level. Uh, you know, if anything, if they were any good, it would stiff. It, they it would they would become hard to beat, wouldn't they? They would be a team that would. Um, you know, have a nucleus of players from that division. When you look at that team, like what is what was what does Julio think? Because he's an ex, he's an excellent Sunderland uh, player. He, he must be sure. kind of up he's in arms a, as well. He's just well, yeah. He's, he's not happy with the situation. I'm sure, and uh, I've, just, I've heard him mention it a couple of times. It's you know, he always asks what the result was after games. It, mm. It's after it's, you know, five o'clock. He wants to know the result, but. Um, the club that it seems like the players are very low in confidence. They they're not um, you know they're not they're not responding well to to what the managers what 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 he's saying to them and and they're they're, they're just re, they're really struggling as a whole as a club. Um, nobody knows which direction they're going in. Players aren't happy there. Some players want, wanted moves they didn't get. So there's obviously a bit of un, unrest at the club. Um, and it's never good when you've got players who don't want to be there hanging about and they're stuck there, but yet they're your players that are earning a lot of the money and that's where your your budget's going on as well. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's always going to be a stretch, isn't it? But the fact that they don't they can't handle the same job you're doing and plus you've got a job on top of it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it's like... You know, it 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 shows a lot about. That's the problem, is it? When if if they're going to get paid, and the, the trouble is, Sunderland are, are playing devil's advocate because they're thinking, well, I'm not going to, we're not going to get the money from the, the the money from the Premiership that they should the, the bailout every season, every club that plays up there. Um, 
in fact, get it. They're not going to get it for another a year. So the fact that they like obviously, well, it'd be it'd be great one night to get Julio on to have a chat with him. We'll, we'll make we'll have him on one night and we'll talk about it. But when it comes to when it comes to Sunderland in Newcastle, um, you can only see one team going up, but um, you know, fly, you know, going up the league and uh, the, the way that they're going, it's it's every other player that didn't think they they would make get into the Newcastle team because of the stars that we've had, they used to always go to Sunderland. So you you can imagine that situation reversing reversing somewhat too in the future, can't you? Because yeah. at least Newcastle will get a chance under Rafa because he he at least if he stays in the and you know next season whatever he'll he'll if you're good enough he'll put you in. Yeah, I mean that's, that's right. Uh, you know, Sunderland you don't you don't, you don't know where, where they're going from now. If, if you're honest, you don't. Know. They've got to be careful. They don't they don't fall into the trap of of like a Leeds United did or you know t- teams such as such as that uh, that have kept going down. Charlton's. Um, there's, there's a lot of them. Coventry teams of, of 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 this stature that have just been down the league, you know, and um, sort of once the the owners must have realised that he's a lot of his money's been hasn't been invested wisely, and he's got to get to a point where he pulls the plug. And it seems as if that's happening as we speak. They're not they're not signing they're not going to sign the players they want to sign, and obviously he's went for the, for the manager that a lot of fans wouldn't have wanted to see. Um, you know, the, uh, so it can't be a happy place to be at the moment, or a happy club. Yeah, I think um, I, I think with the, the way the way that team team is, like you know, people keep on saying when they couldn't get a manager, people are trying to push Mr. Kevin Ball again. <laughs> you take, well, he, you take Kevin Ball like him. That's who they, that's the sort of blo- that's the sort of bloke they need to get them players by the scruff of scruff of their necks and, uh, and 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 get them get them motivated and. Get them to want to play for the club because you know he was certainly that type of player. You know they haven't had a, a player like him for a long time there. Do, I do think, you think modern players respond to that though, Matty. Do, mm-hmm. do you? Because I think um, some of them might, but some of them might think, "Who's this dinosaur?" <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. A lot, a lot, especially, uh, yeah, a lot of the players would do. Yeah, a lot of players wouldn't respond well to it. So that. You know what they should have done. I think was maybe looked looked at someone like him. Listen, whether he was whether he wanted the job or not, another story. But you know they should have looked at someone like him at the start of the season. You know, said there you go, there's a budget. You go and get the players that you want at the club, and and then go go from there. And I'm sure, and I'm sure, you know, he 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 knows enough about the league and and, and players to, to bring in that that he would have thought would have took the club back to where they needed to be. Yeah, I think they. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Is that there's with Sunderland, there's never been that much planning. Has there? It was, you know, they they fight fires, and when previous years they seemed to be ahead of Newcastle, but now it's like, well, you know, they'll they'll just sit there and they'll. It's years of short termism, Andrew. Mm. You know, we we've discussed it with with. Funny enough, the lads from Sunderland don't like to come on at the minute. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, they're very 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 quiet. Um, but you know, it'll give Lee a laugh later on if no one else. Um, but you, you, you know, um, uh, well, you will. You'll be, you'll be hooting and hollering. Um, but it is it's the years of the short termism of, of looking constantly inward, of looking to when the next derby match is, of seven in a row, of top dogs, black cats. You know, 
and all of that and we've got to stop also looking back the other way for the fear of becoming exactly the same thing you become insular turning on yourself out all the problems are short term and they're solved with simple quick fixes in the long term it all goes to hell and that's what we've got to avoid as a club yeah true true well i'm going to bring you actually in next uh, so thanks so much for coming on matt it's been an absolute pleasure no as ever we've uh, covered yeah, everything that we need to and uh, if you when, you when you see julio mention it we'll uh, we'll get him to come on and we'll uh, you can tell him how great we are and and uh, it should be nice to hear Sun and aspects and obviously get his take on Newcastle. So I'll keep in touch with you and let me know when you stick to him. All right? No problem. Cheers, Andrew. Cheers, Neil. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Matt. Good. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, as ever, great to have Matthew Patterson on the, cl- on, on the show talking about everything and everything regarding his career and when it comes to Newcastle and Sunderland, Gateshead as well, and now South Shields, where he's doing a great job uh, of, of that club going... Oh, onwards and upwards so uh, we're going to bring our next guest this evening and that's uh, Lee Johnson from Chesterfield. Good evening Lee, how are you? I'm very good, just picking up a point there someone did appoint a manager who knew exactly what the championship was about and also he knows what League One was about so that's very handy if they get relegated again <laughs> <laughs> You can't help yourself you can you? I knew you'd have a one lead up here <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing straight away when they talking about them all night Yay. <laughs> well, you must. I must admit, though, this on Saturday, as I said last week on the show, that I did think that Stoke would come to play. Okay. In the first half, um, they were uh, well. And even though they, they had a lot of possession, Newcastle should have should have sewn that game up very, very early indeed. And um, you know, we we all could have been doing the conga, but a typical Newcastle. We let them come back in, and uh, it's nervy, nervy stuff all through the game. And even you know they had a few chances as well. It was a great game to be at. I, I like games like that where they're a little bit edgy. But you're right. You know we should have been out of sight. I think um, I think a fair reflection of the game would have been four or five one in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's all down to the organisation, preparation, planning. Something really I've not witnessed, even even through Kevin Keegan. Um, you know. Um, the attention to detail, the preparation, the practice, things that we're doing, um, how regimental we are at the back, how, how the players how the players move with each other, um, everything seems pre-rehearsed, um, and that's all done with the manager and his staff. Um, I think maybe we've possibly underestimated this group of footballers, and you know, I think Matthew Patterson touched on the transfer window and things like that, and probably said the best thing that happened with it shut and he's probably right because um, everyone's kind of concentrating on the football at this particular moment in time um, so Saturday Saturday was great and you know Stoke's a good side their results so far this season they beat Arsenal drew Man United got a positive result of West Brom but to be honest with you, we, we should have battered them <laughs> we actually should have battered them it's the work rate the application um, the team spirit which is if you just look at the, the way the players are celebrating each and every goal the crowd, the crowd reaction even went so equalised. You know, there was no like doom and gloom straight away. Everyone was back behind the players, um, so everything looks good. Everything uh, basically, everything basically looks united. I love Lascelles' reaction, arguing with mm. the ref over there. <laughs> Brilliant one. Penalty that wasn't given, and then just almost like I sod you, then bang, there you go, two one. Well, that was right in front. That was right in front of me, and I just thought, I just thought, well, this is just an example of us getting absolutely nothing ever. I have watched it back a few times, and I, and I think Zuma 
kind of gets his, a, a, a tiny bit on the ball, but he comes through at to get that. And how the referee can actually see that is beyond me. He's running a pace oh. behind him. Um, and if, if it was at the other end, or if it was Man United, or Arsenal, or Liverpool, or Chelsea, or Man City, and that was Aguero, or Lukaku, and things like that, that, that was, that's an absolute stone penalty for them, and a standing off for um, the opposition. Um, well, I, was, I was talking to a lad who's a, he's, he's a Pisa fan, he's from Italy, um, and he's saying in Syria, because they've got the video referee in each of the games now, mm-hmm. um, he says it's changing how games are going. He says there was a game at the weekend, Atlanta and Kievo, and Atlanta had two goals disallowed on the video ref, and then Kievo got given a penalty by the video ref, and then Atlanta didn't get given a penalty, but then was given it under the video ref. And he says that was a game that, under normal circumstances, um, Atlanta would have been out of sight too now, and they've ended up drawing 1-1, and the right result's been got, and people have, have come round to it. I mean, I, I'm wondering whether we're allowed to have penalties and score from corners in the same calendar year. Because <laughs> it's so long since we've had a penalty, and we went all that time without scoring from corners. And now, Someone reckons it's it, raw. Somebody reckons it's 89 matches, Neil, since we played against 10 men. <clears throat> wow. Really? Something like that. Jeez. I, I know, I, was it Loic Lo- Remy scored our last penalty in the Premier League? <laughs> Probably. I mean, the, 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 that's how ridiculous it is now. And I'm and I'm sorry, I'm not one for conspiracy theories, but equally, no. I don't believe in coincidence. I think when it comes to Newcastle, it it's interesting is that it, there's definitely an agenda, because you know, like I think people make fun of Paul Merson, every, and plus if you look at him and Mark Lawrence and that always say that Newcastle are going to get beat, they can't see them doing anything, and it just seems to sweep along the, the general the general media, and obviously when, when, when me and Neil become part of uh, being sports, you'll, you'll, we'll, we'll take it up with the various <laughs> players um, when they open their mouths, but um, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, they, 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 for some reason, they want to keep Newcastle down and they'll do whatever they can to do it and it's I think the only way that we can we'll actually see a change is if if eventually we get an owner that you know believes in Newcastle because a lot of a lot of football a lot of you know people always say don't they Neil and Lee uh, it's all about um, um, what's that word when, when everything goes you know momentum when you when the when the, if the team starts to skyrocket and I must admit Andy Kerr mentioned to me he says well we, we he hopes that uh, Newcastle fans don't get ahead of themselves and I, and I said to him listen Newcastle fans will never get ahead of themselves there might be one or two that will think well we should win every single game <laughs> at home especially me actually but the the one thing that we 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 never will because we we've never had an owner. That could be, well, apart from. Um, I we spend most of our time waiting for where the next disaster is. Yeah, exactly. It's a total myth. It's a total myth that about us how, getting how ahead of ourselves. How are we going to, you know, next find a, an amazing way to shoot ourselves in the foot? If we <laughs> yeah. gunslingers, would have no toes left. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Although, we'll although time people, time again. Yeah, exactly. Although people are enjoying themselves at the moment, there's always that like little devil in, your, in the back of your head, and it's Mike Ashley. You know, you, you kind of you're standing there, and you just 
you come out the game and people's talking to somebody, someone stopped me and like you say, oh, it's, it's great, isn't it? And the last thing we said, but we've still got we've still got Mike Ashley there wondering when, when he's going to pull some sort of kind of stunt, <laughs> you know. Mm. And it's always going to be kind of there in the back of your mind. It's, it's great when you, you are able to concentrate on the football, and um, I think pretty much everyone will manage. Pretty much said, if Rafa Benitez is continue, continues as our manager, we're going to get behind him and the team, you know, which we are. Um, and that's probably a good thing in terms of why the transfer window is shut. But there's always that cloud hanging over you thinking, let's say Newcastle are in a, a reasonable position come January, and Rafa just wants to maybe add a couple of players to try and push us on a little bit further. That kind of environment maybe kicks, kicks up again or starts to or starts to ignite again, and you kind of don't want that because, you know, I, I, I look at our squad and I think we've got players who are there to be developed. And if you watch um, Benitez's own interviews on NEFC TV and things like that, he's talking about that. He's talking about developing footballers and making them better players. And I think that's the beauty of him and his staff. You know, for example, using Christian Atu as an example. Mm-hmm. You know, Atu himself. Was quite poor in the well, not quite poor. He, he just couldn't get a game in the championship. Uh, but he kind of came into his own in the last four games of last season. Made a goal mm-hmm. from Daryl Murphy at Ipswich. Um, scored against Preston on the night we got promoted. Scored that goal down at Cardiff um, on the Friday night before the mm-hmm. last game of the season. And then set up the last set up a goal last game of the season when we played at home to Barnsley with more of its title. And he was just coming into his own. And he took that into pre-season, and he certainly took that into this season. And he's, he's kind of now one of the first names on the team sheet. And that's, again, around, you know, clearly Benitez has stopped working with him. And Benitez obviously pinpointing him to tell him to do certain things. And, you know, that, that's the beauty of having, in, in my opinion, you know, I don't use the, the term very much, uh, but we have a world-class manager. <laughs> There's no doubt about we have a world-class manager. And I, every day I wake up, I count my blessings. I literally skipped into work this morning. I'm just like, oh, Jesus, this is great. Um, but there's always that concern um, because of the owner. And I, I just love, um, I just hope somebody is looking in from afar at this particular moment in time because um, what better way to showcase, you know, this club um, on a global scale? You know, we've got Liverpool in a couple of weeks' time. It's on TV. Get the flags out. Get everything out. And show everyone, show the world what this club could actually be. With this manager in place, it's just—it's it's really good. It's just—it's it, really—it's good to walk up this St James's Park. People are bouncing. People have forgot about the owner again, but he's always a, con- a concern, sadly. Mm. Yeah, I think he, I think it, that's a good thing, Neil. That the, 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 the club, that the, the fan base, is completely behind everything that Raf is doing. Uh, the synergy is very good, and um, I don't think. I don't think we've ever had had this such love for one person, and um, you know, every time, every time, he, every time he has a press conference, it's about the fans. It's not about it's about about us all. And you, you, if you manage 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 that with the the right owner, bloody hell, the, you know, the, yeah. the the club would really really take off. And it 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 people say yeah, it's it's a four hundred. Uh, Elephant in the room, which <laughs> found a million elephant in the room, but it, uh, to me, I, I I do believe that this that it's not going to take much. It shouldn't take much for even if somebody has been um, interest before and walked away to come back in. If before when he when the bid came in a couple of years ago from various you know bids whatever in Dubai whatever it was, 
I think they they never had anybody as strong as strong as uh, manager and fan base of what we had then. So to me, it's it's a bit weird that you know people who are interested in buying the club won't come back in because of um, you know an issue that they they didn't like the price. Well, you know maybe if somebody comes back in, they put have a bit more common sense in a meeting and it could it could happen it could happen quite quickly because this is this is where i genuinely believe we do have a role in influencing anybody wanted want to buy the club and it's just how lee said it we showcase mm-hmm. the power we can be in those stands behind the team behind the manager sod who's the owner sod him it's a, yep. it's about rafa and us and that's mm-hmm. there's there's your collective and that's what you're saying to anybody who is genuinely interested in purchasing the football club um this is what you're getting do you want a taste of it do you mm-hmm. like do you want more do you mm-hmm. want to throw your hat into this ring because i tell you what you throw your hat into this ring properly you get all of this and probably a bit more because you've also you've used the right word andrew synergy we're greater than the sum of the parts mm-hmm. The team we've got on the pitch is greater than the sum of its parts at the minute. And that's because of Rafa. We as a club and as a community, and, and this is where we should have Bill Corcoran coming in, mm-hmm. uh, waxing lyrical about that synergy in the city. It's war club. We are the club and the club is us. And it doesn't matter where we are in the world, it courses through our veins and it pulls and it tracks and it's the beacon. And it still does it now for me even though the owner is the sticking point so mm-hmm. we if we can demonstrate let's get get over the stereotypes let's get away from the trite that's spoke about with the lazy journalism the easy cop out the, the absolute lies that are told about what Newcastle fans do and don't want do and don't expect and demonstrate what we can do and what we can be, and that might just make somebody who's hesitant say, "Hmm, I like a bit of that." Well, Neil's right about like the press and things like that. And I'm still waiting for Steve Bruce to be our manager. I'm desperate for that Jordan manager. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for him actually. The way things are going at, at Villa, like. <laughs> You, you do expect them to feel bad for Mr. Southsayer <laughs> and his mad <laughs> Chinese owner. Um, Plastic jewelry. It's just absolutely fabulous what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> so have a look at, that, look at that table at the bottom of the EV. Nice. And, and, and have a look yes. who's hovering just outside the bottom three. And it's like, oh, Neil, I've told you. Stop coming home to roost in one fell bloody swoop. Stop, Neil. Simon Grayson knows that league. He knows that league. I'm sure he does. Rafa, Rafa didn't. Rafa didn't. <laughs> yeah, I think I think when it comes to uh, when it comes to thingy, when you, when you look at, uh, I think the one person who seems to encapsulate everything about Newcastle. I think you mentioned, or a few people have mentioned, the fact that uh, I think Atsu, uh, in the last minute of the game, uh, gave the ball away. And, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 so yeah, the, yeah. and uh, all the players are absolutely on him like, for, for, for what he did. It wasn't just him on him. Jesus Christ, I was going berserk in the stands. Uh, <laughs> I, it was like one of them, it's kind of, it was a two-yard pass to Mike Ritchie. Mike, Mike Ritchie. Mike Ritchie. But it was, well, he didn't even have to hit Mike Ritchie. It was literally the last kick. It was probably the last 30 seconds of the game. He just needed to boot it into the corner. 
You're not doing it again, I know that. <laughs> and all the other players' reaction on him was great, but, you know, it was just really to say, come on, send, be sensible. It wasn't any, like, I'm going to kill you, etc., etc. Just, like, remind you how it went. We've done all, we've done all. Mind you, he was wonderful, considering he's never played all pre-season and stuff like that on Saturday. Uh, I think it, yeah, yeah, it definitely makes a difference, doesn't he? Like, when he comes well, on... Yeah, he, Attention to detail, you know. No one else, no one thought he might have cha- would have changed his team from Stoke. But as we were saying last week, he's got a, he's got a tendency to do it. He brought Mbemba back in and Yedlin in to compete. He's, I didn't expect that. I must admit, I didn't expect to remember that. To be, he was talking about being competitive in terms of the year because Stoke were quite a large side. It's 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 the, it's, it's the little details, the little minor details, Andrew. The attention mm. to details, you know. He, Stephen Gerrard, like I said, I've mentioned it last week. Stephen Gerrard said nobody plans or sets up a team better than Rafa Benitez. He looks at team strengths and tries to identify weaknesses and goes at it. So, you know, it's, it's kind of wonderful to have a guy like him. And um, it's just, I'm just out on the moon. And I'm over the moon for our captain as well. Mm-hmm. Our, captain, our captain got a lot of rubbish, and a lot of stick last season. I thought it was kind of unwarranted. But obviously, we all we didn't we none of the fan base knew that uh, he was carrying a double hernia problem from New Year onwards. But the, the mark on the man was he stood up and continued to play for six months, where other people probably went would have went under the knife and hit, uh, but he didn't. And he wasn't training properly. He wasn't training with the team and things like that. But he was still putting his body on the line. And what you're seeing now is you're seeing the lad Arsene who played them last six games under Rafa Benitez in the Premier League, and he didn't look he didn't look out of place at all them last six games in the Premier League, by the way. He was outstanding, mobile, strong, good in the air. There's one thing that he's not great on, it's it's with his feet, and I, I just want him to just um, defend, like, to defend, and he's doing that now. He's actually just trying to defend, be a defender. That, things like his feet and being comfortable possession, that might all come under Benitez, things, things he can work on, but he's went back to basics, and that's what I like about him. And he is... And he is absolutely the pillar of this team. Um, him and the likes of Matt Ritchie. And that's why they're all pulling in the same direction. And that's why Rafa Benitez trusts him, trusts him as a um, captain. And he's a great character. Great character. Kieran mm. Clark, by the way, as well. Yeah. Clear that, that Villa fans were, were going on like they pulled our pants down when we took them. <laughs> and, 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 and you know what it is? How desperate would they be for his performances at the minute? They've mm. signed, you know... John Terry on presumably a massive bloody contract, and and what good is it doing them? And and that lad's really an, almost an unsung hero to an extent. Well, one of my sensible and you friends, very sensible, um, said the other day, he said you made a better um, centre half in your castle in the last fifteen years than uh, than um, Kieran Clark's currently. And he said based on his form last season and also this and that. And there was only one person who someone piped up and just said. Jonathan Woodgate, um, mm. and then ten in that back about ten games where he was absolutely superb before he got really badly injured and obviously he had problems. But and I thought about it and I thought he's probably right. He doesn't look flustered. He doesn't doesn't look hurried. He makes everything look simple. He does the hard part of it. He does the hard part when he needs to do the hard part, and he deals with the simple things easily. So mm. I, I, you're right. We. Nope. But by the way, when we signed him, everyone was like, why am I signing him for? <laughs> well, we, no, we kind of know now. Yeah. Again, another player who's been developed by the manager. I think the interesting thing for me is that because I didn't expect Mbemba to play uh, and I thought Le- Lejeune would come in and play, um, 
it's a, that's a lot of faith in Mbemba. And again, we 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 saw a star turn by Marino uh, at the weekend. It's you know it's all looking positive. And I think when you look at the the we look at the captain, you know I think somebody said he was kind of fourth choice at the start of the season. So he's got he seems to have gone up a, at least a couple of levels from last season. Mate, there was that awful awful article in the match. I know you uh, copped off of that, didn't you? Which I, which I <laughs> couldn't, couldn't bite me lip at on Twitter. What was you that? know, it, 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 about how he's signing his new contract, what he's signing his new contract for when he's the fourth choice centre back, just to win one with two games. What absolute what? negative. Now? Right. That's just happened now. Aye. I, I retweeted it at the weekend, mate. Yeah, I'll, that's I'll, all right. I'll, I'll find it and stop myself. Because, frankly, what an absolute negative load of tripe. There's no need for that now. Absolutely no need. It's almost like, do you know what it is? It's going too well. Let's look for something to get miserable about. And, it, you know, it... it, it but it was kind of, Yeah, but he, he can't... He was, you're talking about Jocelyn, right? About the, the fact that he missed the chance. Is that what, you, that what you're talking about? That's what I'm, no, that's what I'm talk, talking about. I'm talking about the article in Bloody the Mag about Bloody Lascelles. Oh, Lascelles, okay. Well, I've seen, I seen what you're on about, Andrew, about Jocelyn. Yeah. Seeing the fans were getting on his back after his misses. That well, was, uh, to me, that's that was, normal. That that's normal. Abs- that was yeah. an absolute fabrication. I read that and I thought, what? Nobody was getting on his back. I think what a lot of fans were... Um, there, was more, there, there was more appreciation in his movement. Mm. If you, if you, in the first three games he's played for us, he's got himself in some fantastic goal-scoring positions. Um, certainly on um, Saturday, his movement on each and every single individual chance he had was fantastic. Maybe the first one, the first one's a hard chance. He might, he could have possibly took a touch um, and brought it out the sky. But he, he went to hit it on, on his left foot first time. The second one comes to him quite quickly. He should score. He should beat Buckland. The third one, just after half time in front of May Gallagher, then his first touch to put himself in was fantastic. Mm. He anticipated the, the, the shot. His first touch is in front of him, and he puts it over the bar. But I'll become worried when a centre-forward isn't getting chances or mm. isn't getting in positions when they're not making themselves chances. So I, I do think, think that kind of yeah. thing will I do. I did think he put himself under a lot of pressure. Like I think before the game started, uh, there was a, he did an interview about how he felt with Mark Hughes being his manager uh, compared to being Rafa. So I, I think... But players, players are players. You know, they they, they want to talk about what happened at the previous club, and uh, you know, I was I was hoping against hope he would score, but when he missed that chance in the first couple of minutes of the second half, I knew he was gonna. Like, you don't want to take him off there and then, but um, I, as soon as he missed that one, I knew it was game over. I I knew he, I knew he wouldn't score because that was probably the easiest chance of the lot of them. He was he was in on goal. It actually took me back to a bit of how Shield would score a little bit uh, when he's mm-hmm. when he's on goal. They would he would bust the net. It would be in. It would be in without any 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 sort of um, issue at all. The keeper wouldn't stand a chance. But when he did that, I was like, oh god! It was it was just it was. I must be. I remember when I saw it. I <laughs> I was at work and I just I, got, I had to get up and have a walk because I was like, oh god, this is going to be this is going to give him the chance to come back. I appreciate it. I, pre- I think when you're there, when you're in the ground, and obviously you see what they're kind of doing off the ball as well. Mm, um, yeah. Obviously, not where the camera's not necessarily following the ball. Um, mm. 
my appreciation for what he's brought to the side um, in the games he's played, the last three games has been superb. I have to say, mm. he's given us a focal point. He's compet he's com he's competitive. He's he, 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 touching on his movement there. His movement's excellent. He's he's getting himself in very very good positions to score goals. And I think once he gets one. Mm. Or two, I think they'll kind of come, and he seems like he's got a cracking attitude, a fantastic attitude, like all these lads. Um, and and, and they, they're only going to improve. And the, the good thing I'm liking is everyone is underestimating them. And I would like them to continue to underestimate them. When you were touching on the experts and things like that, mm. I think it's about time the experts sat down and started analysing some of the footballers we've actually got. Because, you know, everyone raves about the likes of Kevin De Bruyne. He's an assist artist. He may give Kevin De Bruyne the ball, he'll make you a goal, he'll make you a goal, he'll make you a goal, he'll make you a goal. I think Matt Ritchie's sitting second top of the um, charts for creating chances this season and he's ahead of Kevin De Bruyne, only second to Mkhitaryan. So, you know, this is a, mind you, Matt Ritchie doesn't even get a game for Scotland, so that's probably why they're mm. ignoring him. But anyway, I think I'm quite happy that they're all ignoring us. Mm. It's fantastic. Maybe they might have to start, maybe if we beat one of the recognised top top four or five or six, you know, uh, Sky's Dollars, then they might start to go, ooh, these might not be too bad. And obviously bringing in, I'd like to, obviously bringing in Steve Hasty from Newcastle's Fans Forum. Good evening, Steve. Uh, do you agree with, with Lee that uh, we're, we're being, uh, we're under the radar when it comes to the players we've got and, uh, that's, to me, that's a good thing to be under the radar because they don't expect anything of you, and and that's the thing is Newcastle, Newcastle as a as a football club, as a city, uh, we're starting we're starting to wake up the rest of the rest of the nation. Absolutely. Uh, good evening, guys. Yes, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't oh, agree with what what Lee said more. Actually, uh, the, the one thing that you say about, uh, about Newcastle is that uh, you can underestimate us at our peril. You know the the. The team is is playing above itself. Let's let's not yeah. say too much. The team at the moment, the team, the team isn't finding its feet in the Premier League. It's playing above itself. Mm. Uh, when it does find its feet in the Premier League, then I think we, we could surprise an awful lot more. I'm looking forward to the next home game against Liverpool. Oh, because, big, big uh, one, you're talking yeah. about Yosselu there and uh, the way that he's led the line. And uh, one of the things I like about him is that he's very rarely beaten in the air. And anyone who saw Liverpool at the weekend will turn around and go, you know what? <laughs> They're two central defenders and that zonal marking and everything else that goes with it, they haven't a clue what's happening. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing, seeing them actually go up against the likes of Matthew uh, and, and really give them a battering. Uh, because I think Manny, I think Manny will be suspended, won't he? No, uh, Marnie will be suspended, not with Matty, the central defender I'm talking about. Uh, no, I mean, I mean but when they when they come to us, they, they, he won't be yes, playing, will yes. he? Marnie will be suspended. Is it not his first game back? Uh, Is it not his first game back? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He's got, he's got a three-game got three game band, hasn't he? Yeah. He's had one. Yeah. He's got another league game to come. Unless they count the League Cup. Oh, yeah. I, I think they do. I think they do. I'm sure it's his first game back against us. I'm sure they said it was his first game back against us. Because you know, I it's it just that game. Obviously, it depends on what happens against Brighton, of course. But um, you can just imagine the way Newcastle's midfield against Liverpool. We we normally always give Liverpool a lot of the ball. So, and I think the one thing I saw on Saturday, what the midfield was very very fluid, and that midfield will surprise Liverpool. And I let think Jordan, let let Jordan have, Henderson for me have the ball for ninety minutes. 
<laughs> well, he was dropped. He was dropped, wasn't he, for the game on Saturday? So um, it's it must be, it, it, it's going to be for me that it's going to be such a, an interesting game to watch uh, with Newcastle and, and Liverpool because it's, there's so much history between the two clubs now. Obviously, with the manager in, involved as well, it's 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 really ev- every game now is the anti's being put up there to, uh, for a team that nobody really expects much of. Um, and plus, we've got players to come back. You know, they're, they're you know, uh, to me, they're a one. Uh, they're not a, they're, well without money. They just don't seem to be able to function. You know what's going to be interesting? That, 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 that you talk about St James's Park having a bit of a love in at the moment with Rafa mm-hmm. Benitez. Just wait in the Liverpool game because uh, I run the uh, the food bank uh, Twitter site along with Stuart Latimer. And uh, our our timeline has just been absolutely chocked today with retweets from Liverpool fans uh, because of what Rafa did at the weekend, which was mm. uh, meeting us before the game yeah, with, right. with an hour before kickoff, spend taking the time out to meet uh, representatives from the Newcastle United Food Bank, the Fans Food Bank initiative at the back of the Strawberry, and making a personal donation. Um, a donation that was to put up the money to £3,000 from the £2,700 that the lads from True Faith collected uh, on the night for that fantastic evening that they had in the Tyneside Irish Centre. Uh, we met Rafa, we were with him for about seven or eight minutes before, before the game kicked off. Uh, oh, wow. Came out from his team talk, said, right, the team are getting ready now. I thought, I'll, I'll spend a couple of minutes with you. He apologised. We said we'd get there at one o'clock, which we did. Uh, kept us waiting until 20 to 2 and then came and apologised about three or four times in the conversation I'm really sorry you've been left I'm really sorry you've been standing here and you know what was really good we were standing there when the Stoke team came off the coach and uh, in through the players entrance and uh, that was that was quite an interesting experience to, to witness as you've got uh, you've got your younger your younger players in the in in today's football who you can spot a mile away because they actually have to open the doors uh, of the uh, of the players' entrance. Have to open both doors now because they're, they're wearing headphones that are so big that you don't think they can get through a normal door. I'm not kidding. I've seen nothing like it. And then you then you get the the older, more established players, uh, your Peter Crouches of this world, for example, who you know there's no headphones on them. They're coming through and they're chatting to people as they're walking mm-hmm. through and they're greeting people. And then you get the, you get the, the, uh, let's, how can, I don't know how you can describe them, the, the more, the more serious older type players, the Shakiris of this world, mm. who obviously have been round the block, and they're coming in with the little iPods in their ears, but I don't think they've got any music playing, because as soon as you say their name, <laughs> they're straight over, and they're shaking hands, and they're meeting and greeting the, the little ball boys who are waiting there, the, old, the, the younger lads straight through. You know, don't even eyeball the, the young the young mascot who's waiting there with his mum and dad and his full kit, standing waiting to, to greet them. You know, it was a it was a different experience to one that I've I've had in the past. You know, uh, and I'm, I'm you know I'm delighted that I got that opportunity, um, but I'm just as delighted for the the uh, the volunteers of the of the food bank who got the opportunity to to meet Rafa, get the photographs taken with them, and uh, it's it, you know what. I put on Twitter that it shows the measure of the man. I think it shows an awful lot. It shows where the clubs come in in a short period of time in terms of how Rafa has changed the the mindset in among that football club, you know. And we had 
Isaac Hayden back at the food bank again uh, at the offices on, on Thursday. He didn't just stay for the photo call. He wasn't there for the five minutes, as, he, as we've seen in the past with, uh, with players who have been you know, asked to make an appearance somewhere and they've turned up and their face is glum. The camera's left and that lad was still there two and a half hours later. He was in the kitchen making cups of tea. <laughs> he was in the, in the back putting the boxes together and asking people what they needed. He was sitting chatting to, to some of the, uh, the helpers who, uh, who spend their time, you know, um, their own free time there. Uh, the one thing that um, that I like about all this is that when when you listen to Hayden, um, uh, you know Hayden talking, um, when he says it's humbled him, I, I must to me that makes him a better player. Obviously, he's a, he's, he's a, it shows how a great person is he, that he that he he goes out there and he gets involved in it. But I must admit, Lee, he get when the players get it, they play better. They, they feel better. They put more in, and and they're part of the club. And that, as I personally think, it is all of it's down to to Rafa because, but but players have got their own mind, and I, I think it's through the obviously going on Twitter, going on Facebook, whatever it is, through social media, like Steve says, and check checking everything. Um, play, players players see this stuff, and uh, the, the thing that surprises me is that you obviously got uh, Hayden doing that on himself. But you know, you you would think that um, the, the the kids coming into the game, playing for the uh, the uh, playing for the, the academy, um, that they would become more involved in that. Um, you, know, you know, just in all aspects of the community. What, what do you think, Lee? Uh, well, I think Benitez is. Um, th- that was the first big thing Benitez did when he came to Newcastle. He, qu- he quietly and um, very assuredly went back and repair and he repaired the damage that was was massive i mean he could have stuck australia in the middle of the fan base and the in the club to be honest with you mm. and he went about just repairing that very slightly very surely very astutely just little things like that little kids tournament in the summer last year last pre-season when he all the kids were running up to him and he turned up mm. and he was happy to greet anybody when he turned up in the West End of Newcastle with Jamal Lascelles and the little food bank donations, little things like that. All these things are relevant. And I think he's made, um, and I think every kind of footballer that's come into the club, he's tried to um, make them you know, look at things, uh, how kind of fortunate they are to kind of be here and be playing for this particular club. Like a lot of the players take an interest in going out in the local area, I think, and um, having a little look at what they're playing for in the area that they're in, like Benitez, he, he did himself. And these things go a long way. And I, I just think that um, I, I look now with a... I, I am looking with a massive, massive sense of pride. Every time I walk to the ground, like when I was walking at the ground on um, Saturday with George, I just got to the top of the steps at the Gallagher, and I just heard there's all this cup football, all these singers, and I was thinking, where the hell is that coming from? And I just looked down up the road, and there, there's one of the lads walking down with the flags, coming down the hill towards the strawberry, uh, singing away. Um, just little initiatives like Gallagher flags and things like that. You know, all things which are, you know, it's pushing the club in the right direction. There's a great community feel about it. Everyone wants to be a part of it. Everyone's just, and it's all about, and you're right, it is all about one man, and he is literally the glue that is pulling it all together. He is so, he is so, like like what um, Steve said there, like the Liverpool fans are retweeting him and things like that. Mm. I've told you the story before about when um, 
my mate, a Liverpool season ticket holder, when I went down to visit him um, in about 2003, 2004, and he just started getting on about Rafa. Rafa had actually left Liverpool at that point. He just showed us, a, he showed us his video of him um, at the Hillsborough Memorial, like getting upset and all that, and all the Liverpool yeah. fans singing his name. He said, Lee, you know what it is? He says, this man, he says, what wonderful manager, but he, and I remember him saying these particular words, he says, but he's an even better man. And, he, and, and when he came to us, that those words stick, stuck, and I reminded Sai about what he said to us, and Sai said, like, honestly, 100%, this, he's a great man, and he, and he is, he's a great man, he's not just a world-class manager, he's a wonderful person. I think, um, when it, I think Neil, when it comes to the fact that um, we have such a, you know, we, you've got such a, an eloquent and uh, class and uh, a, a, a man motivator and a man mountain when it comes to the, the the human psyche of of known football the way that he does um, I suspect that yes he was obviously upset with what's happened with the, the signings that didn't come in but I, I must be I, I looked at I took a look at I keep on looking at Tammy Abraham and you can see why he wanted to bring him in because that guy is very hungry obviously he's in a, he's in a I watched him at Wembley and he was he's a very hungry young man and you know, he, he loves football. He wants to play. He wants to be uh, become a really top player, and you can tell he will become a top player. So, and that, but to me, I think when it comes to the way Newcastle United are at the moment, especially with the owner, you you, you do sense that he is um, like the rest of us, hoping that if he stays, if he stays in situ like like he is until the end of the season, if something comes up in with, with a change. That uh, you know he can really fully uh, get his hands on Newcastle United and wrestle the monster it is, and and, and obviously tame it. Look, I mean, talk about Tammy, Tammy Abraham, mate. And that must say the thing that still puzzles me is this whole don't send him to Newcastle because of the nightlife. That mm. was just a clone, the character of the man. Not the but it was a lie anyway, wasn't it? So it was a lie. Situation, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think. It comes back to what Rafa can do with a group of players, isn't it? Mm. At the end of the day, if he's got a group of players that he wants, that he's identified, he's proved he can make them greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah, you're, you're dead right, Neil. And you know the other thing is, Neil, the one thing that, that, that Rafa can't control, he can't control footballers' fathers who ask for a million quid. He can't control that. He can't control uh, uh, his own owner turning around and saying, no, we're not giving him a million quid, you know? <laughs> he, he has no control of that. I've got an exclusive here for you as well. I, I, okay. I understand on Saturday from, from talking to someone that uh, Rafa and Mike Ashley uh, are very much in communication with each other now. I've heard that there's, uh, that there's uh, moves afoot for them to go out and have a meal together and to chew the cud. And for, I want to tweet that. This, is, this, isn't, this isn't at Rafa's instigation. This I, bet is Rafa, at, um, I bet Rafa's, Rafa's peeing. Rafa's <laughs> 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 uh, not daft. <laughs> but what, 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 what's going to happen is you're going you're gonna to find that Rafa and Mike Ashley are going are gonna to be sitting around the table one-on-one, they're going to be getting to know each other a little bit more. And this has come from the owner. He wants to, he wants to, get, him, wants to get to know him a little bit more. Um, it's only taken him 18 months, but uh, it, again, maybe, maybe, he's, maybe he's looking 
could be two reasons for it. One, yeah. he wants to get him, wants to get to know him so that when he's selling it, he can tell people who are buying the club what the books actually like. Uh, or maybe it's the other way. And then he thinks, well, I'm not going to be able to sell it. And I, I've, I've realised over the last couple of weeks so what I've seen, what you've done, uh, how the team performed while you've been ill, uh, some of the things that have happened in the community, and uh, I can put that together. And, uh, and maybe we can work together on this, you know, because... Uh, <laughs> we've all said it for long enough that uh, we've always wondered whether the bloke actually gets it or not, you know? Maybe, maybe it's another false dawn, I don't know, but uh, we'll, we'll probably shall find out, won't we, you know? But uh, it's uh, it's also one of the things we haven't mentioned is that how the Rafa influence has empowered some of the people at the football club as well. I've been talking to people at that football club for the last three or four years because I was one of the ones who pushed and pushed and pushed for them to bring the fans forum back into place. Mm. And uh, I knew that there were people there, genuine people there, who, who got it, who understood the reasons why we wanted it and what the benefits could be, what the pitfalls would be as well if things went wrong. But more, more importantly, the benefits of communication. And it was something that Neil will stick on this one because we pushed and pushed, didn't we, Neil? Communicate, communicate, keep the dialogue, keep talking, keep talking. And that's what we got. And there was people at the club who, and now they feel empowered. They have that ability to, to ring you up. They have the ability to put things in place that they wouldn't normally have had the confidence to do. And, and that's good, you know, because there was probably an element of um, fear on our own positions, you know. And could, could, were they empowered enough to be able to do this? Even though you would think, well, in that role, that's what your, that's what your job is. But you're always, they were probably always looking over their shoulder and thinking, who do I need to ask if I can do this? Now they're being told, hey, go ahead. If, it's, if you think it's for the betterment of the football club, go ahead and put those arrangements in place. Do that. Give it a try. You know, if it fails, then obviously, you know, so you've got to be, you've got to be confident in what you're, what you're putting forward and what you're proposing is actually worthwhile to the football club. But... If you, if you, you know, we'll empower you to do that. And I think that's, again, it's because of Rafa's influence, Rafa coming in there and Rafa giving those people the opportunity when he's meeting them to, to encourage them to go down that line, you know? Well, that's great. That's, I must say that that's made me feel a bit better because uh, I think uh, it came out that, uh, I think the Chronicle came out with it, didn't it? And they said that um, he's, he's, take, he's taken... They're doing. Look like they're trying to do more in in the scouting wise, and I'm thinking to myself, well, why would he get? Why would he? The, the fact that he said it's not a lo- no longer a long term project with Newcastle, that why would he want to get more involved with the scouting? Um, and then obviously in the in the the press conference, um, he had I think they'd asked him about the transfer window, and he he had just he just basically said that, um, you know, we can't go back. Um, we have to we have to move forward. Yeah. Um, and I kind of waited from the. I was waiting for the fact that he was still frustrated by it. But if if it's obviously if if it's true that they're going to be meeting his plans ahead, yeah. because he, as you said, it, it could be a false dawn. Yeah. Uh, but I think it just depends. I think Steve, it, it's always going to be down who is going to be in that meeting. That's always the problem, isn't it? If if he's going to have, if them to me, if they're in the room and it's just the two of them. Bob's your uncle. I, I do believe that. If it's if, if just the two of them, because at the end of the day, you've got a guy that understands his own finances. If he, if he gets in front of him and says, listen, I'll do... 
You know, you know, you know, Rafa. He'll just talk and talk and talk common sense. But you've got a guy who next year who is a complete and utter nutter when it comes to Newcastle United, and that's the <laughs> problem. That's the problem, isn't it? You sit in a room with a guy who who will who will show you the map to heaven for God's sake, and then you've got a guy who'll show you the the map to Gated High Street. You know, the, the, the no, I don't think I don't think it's even that. I think you've probably got the guy who'll show you the map to heaven, and you've got the other bloke who's going, I cannot read. I don't know what a map is. You know, explain to me a map. Who wants to spend that much time having you explain to them what a map is? But by the time you sussed out the map, then everybody's moved on to a sat nav from the map. You know, so ordnance surveyors are out of the window. You know, it's it's almost that. But I'll, I'll throw one at you then. What what about if we're sitting in fourth top of the league in December? What sort of transfer window do you think we'll suddenly have then? Do you think do you think Ashley will sit there and go, well, you've managed to get to this this stage in the season with the squad you've got. I don't think you need anyone else. Or will he go? Hang on, there's a chance of pushing this envelope a little bit here. And that's the, that's the big conundrum, isn't it? We all know what the answer should be. <laughs> we don't know what 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 the owner's response would be if we happened to be sitting there. Will he suddenly turn around and go, hey, we could be having another Leicester on our hands here. Or will he... Oh, come on. Hang on. Listen to what I'm saying. If you were, imagine if you were sitting there at fourth top come December and they open the transfer window. Would you, would you not be sitting there thinking, hang on, there's a chance here that we can push this into, into carrying on and in, in, in remaining in fourth place till the end of the season? What do you, what, would you, as an owner, would you go, what do you need to make that happen, guys? You know, I'll, I'm, I'm, opening the, I'm opening the doors here. Or... As the owner, would you would you turn around and go, well, you've got us to four top so far, so stick with what you've got because yeah. you know you've already managed half the season. And you just don't know, do you? Lee, it what, would you, well, what would you think? Well, it did, Steve. It, it did. Remember, if you think back three or four, three, four, five seasons, we actually were in a position like that. I think we were a, we were a fifth yeah. going into Christmas. Actually, I think I think we were only two points behind Liverpool, who was when when Liverpool nearly won the league that season. Mm. Yeah. We were two yeah. points going into the new year behind Liverpool, and then what we did was we sold Kabai in January and just absolutely dropped or plummeted. So he's he, he's had he's had that opportunity before, pretty much yeah. like the season we finished fourth, and then only signed Vernon and Anita. Um, so he, he had that opportunity in the past, in the past, in my opinion, to take the club forward, but he's gambled, and those gambles as ever have failed. So, <laughs> but if you've got somebody like Rafa Benitez chirping in your ear and saying, hey, "Come on, then." You've got a chance here. Yeah. Um, who is it, who who has instigated this meeting? You tell me. It only could be one of two people, couldn't it? And one um, one person doesn't need the meeting. <laughs> yeah. Rafa doesn't need the meeting because Rafa can carry on because he's never had the meeting for how long? So Rafa probably doesn't need that meeting. No. Somebody else has instigated the meeting. Somebody else has made contact while Rafa's been on on sick leave and said, when you get back, I want to meet up. Uh, is that how it's happened? All I know that there's a meeting taking place. I don't know who's instigated it, but I have a fair idea. You know, in my own cognitive little brain, <laughs> I would say, well, this has, I know which direction this has come from because if I, was the, if I was the manager and it was at this time of the season, I wouldn't need the meeting, no. you know? Wouldn't need it at all. I'll just because I've already been snubbed. I've already been told I'm not getting anyone else coming in. Get on with it, you know. Uh, if there was going to be meetings to be taking place, it will be with Lee Charnley, which I have every day anyway. 
Uh, you know, so, because apparently that's what we get told. What's fascinating is that all of a sudden it appears that, again, the conundrum that is Mike Ashley uh, told us for how many months, how many years now that he doesn't have day-to-day work on the football club. He has nothing. He leaves it to his acolytes. Yeah. Um, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm going to spend some time. I'm going to meet up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Uh, he comes out with this. He came out with all the statements, didn't he, a couple of weeks ago about yeah. what the you know I've, I've made the phone call to themselves and I've sorted out the bonuses. I've decided what the bonus is going to be, and I'm sitting there thinking, whoa, hang on a minute. A couple of weeks ago, you had nothing to do with the finances. You told us there was nothing coming into the football club. How do you know that we could even afford twenty million quid if we ended up winning the FA Cup, for example? Yeah, how do you know that we can we can afford the four million pound? Have you, have you asked Lee Charlie about this? He's probably sitting quaking in his boots thinking, hang on, I, I thought we had no money. What's going on? Where's all this cash coming from, you know? It's, that, a, it's, it's a conundrum with, with Ashley. You know, just, you kind of you you get your head around anything that comes out in this direction, can you? I think that, it's, that could be the way of getting rid of him, mind, if we win the FA Cup. I think he'll definitely, <laughs> definitely have a heart attack. You have to sign a check. Well, to, to me, this is the, the whole point... Of of an owner that you you you'll never will we'll never understand this guy and this is a, for me this is this is always going to be the problem. It's like it, it's it is great news that he is he's he, he's planning to meet with him and he did call direct. Is that what you're telling me? He did call up uh, Jamal Lascelles and sort it out because that's what Aren't came because the the players had demanded to speak to Mike Ashley uh, regarding the bonuses and then he came back flippantly. I may add, to say, yeah, you win the FA Cup. Yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you this. I'll give you what was it, twenty million? Twenty million quid. Does this, Which show, is does it? this show the 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 the, uh, the making of the of a twenty three year old club captain <laughs> yeah, who absolutely. can can sit with a squad and we have I think we have the youngest squad in that Premier League. You know, uh, I think we're averaging we're averaging something like twenty four years, four months, or something like that. Yeah. Um, and we're sitting fourth top. I listened to Cooman this afternoon. He was on the radio and he was complaining that uh, one of his issues is he has a very, very young squad and we're struggling <laughs> to get anywhere in the Premier League and that's why the results are going badly. And you're going, hang on, we've got the youngest squad and we're doing okay. We've won three on the trot. You've lost three on the trot and you're blaming it on a young squad. And it just shows you the claptrap that comes out the manager's mouths, doesn't it, you know? Yeah, I think, I think when it comes to... I think when we when we think of Mike Ashley, when this to me it's a it's a it's a massive conundrum because if he's if he's doing everything now to say right okay, I I, I want this I want this to be a success even if I even if he has to sell it, how like it's taken the guy ten years yeah. ten years <laughs> to finally think oh well I'll have a sit down with the manager. And that's what he's that well, that got me actually because it got obviously got me back to think with John Carver a couple weeks ago, uh, another one doing the pile on routine when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, Newcastle United, but um, saying that he had weekly chats with Mike Ashley. It he's is the first it, manager think, ever. Yeah, <laughs> and aye. The, I, I, yeah. The, aye, but that's because he had, he had to be sur- surgically removed from his arse. <laughs> <laughs> You, talk, you know what you talk about. You talk about history as well. And, and I was listening. I've just been listening to Jurgen Klopp 
I mean, obviously we'll play them in a fortnight. Jurgen Klopp said on, on, on his press conference today that uh, Daniel, Struggle, Daniel Sturridge was struggling because of the history of, of Liverpool Football Club. <laughs> the history. And apparently <laughs> Klopp thinks that as Daniel Sturridge is going through on goal, or there's a cross coming in and he's, apparently he stutters and pauses because of the history of the football club, because <laughs> the pressure that has been brought to bear, knowing that the football club used to be managed by Bill Shankly and Bob Paisley. And I think to myself, what's he, what's he going on about? And the history of the football club is, is adding pressure to my players. <laughs> you know the, the thing is right if you're gonna anything, yeah. don't they? They come out with if, any sound if they're gonna they if they're gonna own. lie because that thing is when you look at Daniel Sturridge and I've always thought this the problem that Klopp has made with Daniel Sturridge remember J- John Richardson came on and said before in the transfer window he had lined up Daniel Sturridge to come to Newcastle yeah and John's very good you know when he says it you know it's true he had other players lined up to come to Newcastle that we know about when it comes to Daniel Sturridge, the problem why Daniel Sturridge will not be a success ever, and I, and I mean this, ever in Liverpool, is because he'll never, get, he'll never be given five games or more. Like I suppose like um, other managers, uh, I think the one person you could think of who used to say, and I don't like using it, but uh, it was Pardew, or give him, give him five to seven games to get into it. Uh, with Daniel Sturridge, Klopp will never do that. With Sturridge, so Sturridge will not score goals uh, the relative amount that a club like Liverpool should expect. Like he should be looking at 15 to 20 a season from Daniel Sturridge in his position, the talent he's got, um, maybe the lack of um, fitness is always going to get is going to do for him as well. But that's a problem with Klopp. So Klopp can go. He's lucky. I'm not sitting next to him because I'll give him both barrels. But um, <laughs> that's the problem. He is talking out of his backside because. All he's, all, he, all he's got to say is, listen, I'm going to give you a chance, Daniel. I trust you. But the, tr- the trouble he's got, you've got Mane, who is super fast up front. And he's, he's never going to be played through the middle. So for him to actually go out of his way and make a statement on Daniel Sturridge is uh, how he hasn't been uh, jumped on uh, in these press conferences when he says things like that is beyond me. Yes, you've got a certain amount of time to talk to. It. It's just—it's so annoying that the players that Rafael Benitez wanted to bring in this club, we would be—we would have been like oh, we've won three on the bounce, great stuff, fantastic. But we, you know, the fact that we have to worry about having to rely on Shelby uh, Mitrovic as, as the striker. Um, for me, it's—it's it's great news that they're going to be meeting. But if after this meeting. Uh, he's not lied to again like he was um, at, the, at the start of the at the start of this when, he, when they had this infamous chat about you're going to get all the money. Uh, really, they, do, they only need one meeting to say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna back you to the hilt uh, when it comes to the transfer window. Newcastle United would go from you know getting players in last minute or not at all to being a full functioning unit the way it should be run. A proper football club should be run. Sorry, I had to say that. 
Marine, Mourinho came out with the same sort of claptrap about the history last season at Manchester United, if you remember, yeah. because he tried to point the fingers at the fans and he said that a lot of the players weren't performing on that run of continual draws. And he said that the players, uh, the fans, uh, because of the history of the club, the fans put a greater level of expectation on the players' shoulders. And I was like, what? What? Where's that come from? And Klopp's now trying to do exactly the same. And he's not looking, and he's mentioned Daniel Sturridge, but he, what he's failed to mention is the fact that Daniel Sturridge is great and, and, a, and a good goal scorer when it's a one-on-one with a keeper or even more so when the keeper's lying flat on his back and he's five yards away from him and he can put the ball in the back of the net. What he's, what he's not very good at is in a crowded box and you're saying to him, attack that ball. He's, he's one of those strikers, I think, that... That it has to absolutely be a perfect, you know, a perfect situation to score before you put the ball in the net. It's like that you see a lot of them. They're, they're waiting. It's not the instinctiveness of Alan Shearer, for example, uh, who who is you know wham straight in. You, you mentioned Yossi earlier and that miss. I, I can't recall Shearer missing missing efforts like that, uh, clean through on the goalkeeper and hitting it and skying it like five or six yards over the ball. Keep, she would make the keeper work for it or he'd hit it and the keeper would knock it round the post and stuff like that because he was instinctive he was brave he was strong he was instinctive it's that it's that split second that makes a difference between a good striker like a Daniel Sturridge and a top class striker like an Alan Shearer with that element of bravery that also comes into it you know and you see a lot of these footballers these days the, the, the has, it has to be the perfect pass on, right onto the onto the, the money part of the left foot before they'll stroke the ball into the back of the net. They'll not hammer it with, with, with absolute leather the ball into the, you know into the far corner. You see very few goals like that these days. Uh, it, it's as though that it, it has to be the perfect scenario before the ball goes into the back of the net for them. You know, um, it must be frustrating for for a Jurgen Klopp to have players like that on his team. But it's also frustrating in the fact for the Liverpool fans that he has he has a defence that just you know concede goals, switch off. Um, it, it, you know what we've got is we've got a well organised defence at the moment, and what, one of the things, Lee, <laughs> what was that record that we had of not scoring from set pieces? And corners and free kicks. Oh. It went on and on. Two, two seasons. Yeah, two seasons. Well, I was good two and two games for God's sake. I don't know. <laughs> I've got and to bring in my each one, each one that tried to Sky TV and the BBC have tried to have this allowed, haven't they? <laughs> I think. I think. I think. Uh, Gentlemen, I've got, hold on one second. I've got to bring in my. Uh, we'll get to that in a second, but I've Sorry. got to bring in John, my uh, regular guest on the show. Uh, just to break him the news, uh, obviously I've been, you've been listening to the show all night, John, uh, with what Steve Hayes has just broke, that Mike Ash is going to be meeting with uh, Rafa Benitez in the near future. What's your immediate take on that? Um, hi, good evening, by the way, lads. You okay? Yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm going to win the league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, me laughing as well. I tell you what, I mean, I love to see a hominid like, I mean, you never know, you never ever know, but... Uh, I'll be happy for um, a top eight finish. But, yeah, you know, top, top um, right, and I'm rapper and uh, Ashley. Well, 
I mean, when's it going to take place? Any idea at all? Because um, well, I've, I've, I've got the, I've got the table set. I haven't arrived yet. The table set. <laughs> the got the, she's got the pasta bolognese on the on the on the stove now. As soon as I get back in, but uh, they haven't made the call, so it's not going to be tonight. Can't believe it's not paella. Hello, man. No, no, just saying, just saying. Um, no, just um, I mean, well, hopefully they're going to meet up, sort of thing. I hope it's um to do a transfer sort of thing and um, in the near future sort of thing but um, hopefully it'll come I, I hope they do meet because um, it needs to be sorted out sooner well the, the good thing is that he's that the owner's actually made the the approach it's not come the other way around because you know it was, it was never going to be <laughs> it was never going to be that way anyway especially the way that he's he's been embarrassed um, at the start of the season so but mm. the fact that he's actually made a he's actually made a um, and he's make he's making an attempt, and plus he's already spoke when it comes to the when it comes to the the bonuses that he, he he's rang directly the captain of the club to sort it out, which to me is a good mm. sign. As Steve quite rightly pointed out, yeah. um, he he hadn't been involved before, and then whoops a daisy, um, you know he's 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 now getting involved, and it, to, to me there's a massive difference between getting involved and having an inclination to want to get involved. You can't do you can't do one of the other two things. You can't just you know. Uh, I, I, I suppose I better get involved. You've got to want to get involved, and that's the that's the issue with him. Um, you know, he, he he says there's no money, and then he buys twenty percent of bloody Debenhams. So you know that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know like, but Andrew, honestly, even even despite all these misdemeanors over the last ten years, and how much I cannot stand the man, mm. his relationship with the fan base isn't ever, ever, because we keep turning up beyond repair. You know, he, you know, all he needs to do is box clever. It's like in the summer when I walked into the ground and bought a shirt for the first time in seven years. I bought it on the back of the mm. fact that I believed the club was moving forward again with this manager. And mm. then we had that January window and I just thought, I've bought that, I've bought that shirt on false pretenses again. Because he yeah. basically went back on I his word. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what, and that's yeah. what I'm saying here. I, I, I don't ever believe, it, although I can stand the man and I do want him out of our club, I, it's never beyond repair. If he just yeah. says the right things and does the right things, there's money, there's loads of money to be made here. If he wants to make mm. money, there's loads of money yeah. to be made here. You've, totally all, you've, you've totally. almost gone, haven't you? You've, you've almost gone from, it's not because of Mike Ashley, but it's despite Mike Ashley. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so you know, we're, we're, I think because of the last ten years, that's the way that you know a lot of fans have exactly the same opinion as you. You know, because of what's gone mm-hmm. on in the past, but we, st- we still want the football club. The, we still want the, the, the football club to succeed. You know, mm-hmm. despite yeah. despite him, we want that football club to, mm-hmm. to 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 succeed because then we all win, we all gain. And, and if, if it means that he has to gain off the back of it, so be it. We just want we just want that you know that feeling that we've got a we've got a football club that is su- successful in terms of the, the the character and the manner in which it's playing football. And it might be that that success means that we're just being entertained every week and and, and we carry on. But we've got we're going out there on a Saturday and we're watching eleven triers putting 100% in, because that's all we've ever asked for, you know, 
players that try their best. And if there's some, if there's an, an, an element of success that comes from that, if success is how how we measure it, is that's that's a different different conversation for a different day, isn't it? You know. Hmm. Totally I think that, I think um, the, the one thing I would love to see, and I don't know what you lads think, if and when this meeting takes place, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be a massive fill up for the club is that they do a press conference no, together? No, 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 no. Don't, no I can't see that happening at all. Afterwards, I mean, afterwards. No, 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 I don't think we need it. I think all you need to hear, all you need to hear afterwards, is that Rafa's happy. <laughs> you don't need a press conference to get that out because you'll be able to tell mm. by the grin on his face, and you'll and you'll and you'll be able to tell by what happens in the January transfer window, and then what happens next summer, you know, and and what happens at how the team's playing and how how Rafa's body language. Mm. Uh, Andrew, it's best. It's it's we're not it's best when we don't hear his name. It's best yeah, when we don't hear his name. I got I got a question for Steve guys because Steve knows exactly what he's talking about. Steve, it's John Beater, right? Yeah. Um, can you see, can you see um, in January you're going to get some new players coming in, do you think, if we're doing well? Yeah, I, I can see that happening. I can see, yeah. I can see the, 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 the continual advancement, you know, because it's, it's continual improvement, isn't it, that Rafa's looking for. Mm-hmm. And I think if, it, if he says, look, I, I need two players to come in, you know, and he, and he goes with a convincing reason why and what he can do and, and how the team's performing and how it will not upset the squad and how it's what he wants. But we all saw that we might see one or two of those fringe players that we thought were going to leave in the summer, leaving in January, especially if they're not getting a game. You know, mm-hmm. I think the likes of Jack Cole was of this world, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Callback, sorry. Uh, you know, I'm not getting a game. The, you can see those moving out, and you can see players coming in to replace them, or you can see players moving down the pecking order as somebody else comes in. You know, mm-hmm. people, I do, people I might do turn like, around and go, where could yeah. they fit in? But, you know, yeah. at the beginning of the season, people are saying, well, where's Marino going to fit in when Shelby's playing there? Well, the thing is, know, he's, Marino's he's, coming he showed, in taking his chance. Yeah, yeah I think the thing is, the interesting thing is, when it came to callback, uh, I like the way he was tough, but he's also very honest with Jack. And the fact that Jack hasn't even <laughs> all all the moves that he that he could have got, he didn't take them. You know, there's something you know there's something amiss about that to me because if, if to me if you don't leave, like the only reason that Jack would have thought right, okay, I'll stay, I'll sit in my contract, I'll play for the under 23s, is the only reason you could think of. Well, okay, we could have a mass, we we could we could get a massive injury list. And I think he's probably he's looked at um, the player com- uh, Savvy because Savvy was still involved in the, uh, in, in some respects mm. on the bench, and so he's probably thinking, well, if they've got a chance, maybe uh, I've got a, got a chance I, I, to come I, back. I, I think I think you're being a bit naive there, and I think what what you're really looking at is somebody who's going to say, well, I tell you what, I'll just still sit here getting sixty grand a week, uh, because where am I going to end up? Oh, what are they going to pay? Thirty grand a week, you know. Mm. Uh, that, I think I think that's that's more like it. What are mm-hmm. someone what can someone afford to pay us now? Twenty grand a week? I'm not gonna yeah. go there. And will the like us? No, of course they won't. I might as well just see out. I'm getting i I'm getting sixty grand a week. I'm I'm quite happy with that. Yeah, but I mean, he, 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 he blame for that, he blame Grand Car for that little sort of thing. He wanted bought a bit right for that stupid amount of money. I said this before, sort of thing. It was yeah, but it was it free, go, he didn't pay anything. Yeah, but yeah, but John, he didn't pay anything. They did. 
they might not have paid a transfer fee to the to, to his football to Sunderland, but they certainly may have paid a massive signing on fee to the player. You know, that's what I mean. What, it didn't make any difference, does it? That's yeah. the way it mm. works. A huge signing on fee goes to the player. Now that that could be spread over the period of his contract. Yeah. That could be wise. Wise now getting. Uh, you know, apparently the amount of money that he's getting, you know, because the way that the deal's done, it could be, you know, it could be working out that because the way contracts are done, it could be anything. It could be, you know what, there's 30 grand a week is, is for your image rights and there's 30 grand a week because of, of your salary, you know. Um, who knows how the football contracts are put together these days, but we know that can be very complicated simply by the fact that it takes an awful long time to get a deal over the line sometimes, you know. What do you, what do you think, Neil, about this uh, meeting? Do you, are you cautiously optimistic? What, Andrew? Are you cautiously optimistic now that Steve's uh, broke that news about Mike Ashley uh, going to meet with... Um, Meet with, uh, with Rafa. Rafa. Always cautious where that man is concerned. But cautiously optimistic because, um, yeah, you, you've got to say, no one want to know about how Steve gets his little nuggets of information. Yeah, it, it, it is something to be positive about. There's certainly no reason to be negative about it. Um, the demonstration, as we said tonight, even, is. is, is only one man that the crowd's behind, mm. and there's only one man the dressing room is behind, mm. and that's what he's done. And mm. so, it'd be an absolute fool not to want to get back everything back aligned so he can do whatever it is he's got to do. Mm. Mm. It, 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 what, it, what was your thoughts on the performance at the weekend, John? Uh, uh, to me, I must be that. Like that midfield, they they're going to give team fits. I think. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm pleased Marino sort of thing. Obviously, had another good PM Saturday. So, I also think what sort of I like. Yeah. Yeah, another good PM. I thought term of the sales was outstanding again. You know, and um, I'm just glad we got the win because um, you know, when when two one up, I've always felt well before it should have been out of sight anyway before Stokes got equalised and goal. But um, Hosselu, I mean, um, it just wasn't one of his games like you know, it's just not his day. But he'll come good. He will come good at times. But um, he needs to kind of finish it more sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, well, he had time in the first really one, didn't he? He had time. He could have took. He could have took a touch on the first one and just took it down and put it by the goalkeeper. I thought, but you know, you live and learn. That you know, I think he was definitely too amped up, which I thought was strange. You would a player of his, you know, intelligence and guy. You would have thought he would have mm. been really, really more focused in, in what he was doing because he's a natural. You know, they say that you know he scored more goals per minute than any other player. Uh, you know. That's uh, played in the in La Liga, so you know that was surprised. I I thought he I thought he would have scored a couple of goals and uh, you know really stuff it to the to, to Stoke. But um, mm. when when you look at uh, you know the the next couple of games coming up for Newcastle, um, it's gonna it's it's gonna get you know I think next week I think we're all probably hoping I know because obviously we have to end the show quite soon, which is a bit of a disappointing. But when you look at the uh, I'll go to Steve first, but uh, Steve, what, on the back of what happened uh, with the three, what's your thoughts for, for Brighton? 
How do you, especially you've been on a Sunday as well, the main game? How do you see that going? I think uh, I think we're going to go down to Brighton full of confidence. I think we've got to remember uh, where the two clubs were last season. Mm. Uh, I don't think uh, I think Rafael has done have done all his homework. I think that uh, Brighton had a uh, an interesting game on Friday night. Um, they played some decent football. We know they can play decent football, but they got done by a team that hadn't uh, picked up any points and was under an immense pressure, as was the manager. I think we go there, as I say, full of confidence, and uh, there's no reason why we can't come away with at least one, if not all three points, and keep the run going. Um, and we all know that uh, Rafael has the team set up. There may be changes in the team, who knows? Uh, that's the one thing you cannot second guess with Rafa. Uh, he made the changes on Saturday that bringing in, you know, change both fullbacks, which I think mm. probably we expected one but not the other. He, he did that. Um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Um, is uh, I think is is, is Mitrovic's suspension? He's still got the one game. Still, still one game. Uh, oh, yeah. So that that means that we'll still have Yoselu up front, and uh, you know he's playing away from home, so maybe the pressure might be off him a little bit. Um, and and Marino can can boss that midfield again, and he's got yeah. a he's got a healthy little conundrum. To, you know what does he do with Shelby? Yeah, uh, I was just going to mention that. Does he does he does he try and slot Shelby in? I thought Perez had a good game on Saturday, um, and uh, it's great. It's great that we've got players and we've got virtually a full squad. And uh, I'm glad it's not my headache. Uh, I'm, glad <laughs> Rafa gets, I'm glad Rafa yeah. gets paid for it and not, uh, it's not me. Although I'd love to be paid for it. You know what? how good a game Perez had. I think he made the most tackles of any Premier League player at the weekend. That's right, seven. <laughs> Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. What do you think, uh, uh, Lee, when it comes to the um, the conundrum that's now going to be Shelby? And, uh, he's clearly behind Hayden now, isn't he? Really, it's not a case of Marino because Marino's going to play. So uh, obviously things could change, as we as we both know. But um, if he's going to take off Hayden, because obviously Hayden took a knock, but and brought Shelby on, uh, Shelby's Shelby's going to be out in the core for a while, I suspect. I think I'll make him a better player, Andrew. He has to box clever, he has to work hard, and he has to mm-hmm. um, get his head down and work extremely hard to get back in the team. Because before the season kicked off, you remember he was talk- he was chirping on about trying to get back in the England squad. Mm. So in terms of extra incentives, mm. it's not a it's not a bad thing that he now has to work incredibly hard to get back in that team because he's not shifting Marino. <laughs> he no, wins. Not Marino. <laughs> John. Um, had to agree with Steve, um, as usual. Um, sorry, Steve, but um, have to agree with you. Don't know why, but now we're just going there full of confidence, and um, you know we're on the roll at the minute, sort of thing. I mean, Rafa's going to go there, set his team up, um, sort of thing, make it tough to beat. I, I can't see any reason why we should go there and be bright in the game or get something, but I'm going to be confident, optimistic, and we're going to go there and just keep the run going. But go back on Shelby, he's got to work. He's got to. Um, work back in now because um because the way Marino's played in a minute and even Hayden, I thought those two midfields fantastic. Getting the get a little understanding together and um like I said, Shelby's got a difficult job to get back in this moment in time. What was his best position, Neil, do you think? I'll obviously ask Steve as well in a second and Lee. What do you think like when you look at Shelby, uh he's 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 never the same player when he's he's in he's defending. Um but when you've got Marino you know, making space out of nothing, it, you could be looking at, 
you know, an interesting, as I said, an interesting conundrum with uh, with Shelby possibly being brought back in the team because I do believe that he will because Rafa believes in them. There was a suggestion that Shelby was going to play a bit, little bit further forward mm. um, and, and that you could see Shelby, Hayden and Marino in the same midfield. Mm. Uh, and I still think that could well be something we do see later in the season. Um what a what a very good luxury to have two players mm. in Mourinho and Shelby who would both play the the quarterback role if you will mm. you know um, and I think that one on the left and one on the right you could see you could see them just picking their passes against against some tank some teams really you could because mm. we need that plus you haven't even mentioned Gale have we really no oh, no. I- I mean, in terms of Shelby, I think Shelby is a better deep lie in midfielder because he, he likes to pick quarterback passes instead of a. He, he's more of a quarterback. I, I don't see him in the number ten role. I, I personally, I, I, I mind you, what, um, I'm certainly not against saying Marino and Marino in the number ten role because I think that boy's got it all. I really do. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm so impressed with him. He plays with his head up constantly. If you look at him, he never puts his head down. Um, he's already seen the picture before the ball's arrived at him. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a God-given talent. You can tell he's got quality straight away because he always makes... Even though he's under pressure, he always looks like he's got 10 yards of space when he actually hasn't. Um, but Shelby... Uh, Shelby it's, it's a good conundrum that we've got to work through. In terms of Gail Andrew, um, again, Gail's got to work hard to get back on the side. It's, a fun, it's, it's, it's nice to have options. I think... Uh, I'll say this to... to to John first and to Steve, but John, when it when it comes to Gale, a lot of it seems to come down to it comes across anyway to his demeanour that he's not as confident. He seems to be a really really confident player when he's in the Championship compared to the Premier League, and it it, it could be the fact that he's just you know he plus he might but it might be the fact that he's homesick. Um, not only that, I just think it's confidence as well because um, this is my this is the way I'm thinking it is. When Fulham came in for him, right? Mm. I think I think he I think he went on the go. But um, when um, when um, until you get a, a striker replace him, then he can go anywhere. But I I watched him on fun, one Sunday against Swansea, right? And um, when he came on, he just didn't look himself at all whatsoever. Sort of thing. I just feel a little bit lost. I think lost his way a little bit. I mean, I'm a Drysdale um, fan. I think he's a superb player. But my worry is as well, is he a Premiership player or a Championship player? And at the minute, I have to say he's a Championship player at the minute. But I want him to come back. I want to be back to his best. And um, I hope in time that he'll get there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, obviously, the news is starting to leak out now that we put down that... Um, Ashley's uh, looks like he's he's meeting with um, uh, Rafa Benitez quite soon, so uh, I'll have to. And then plus uh, Lee, ha- I'll be cautious t- on that as well. <laughs> yeah, I think Lee's plus Lee's just can't help himself for Sunday. All the tweets he's putting out, so he's got too much time on his hands. Let's be on the show. That's a great tweet. All you should have a look at that tweet. It's brilliant. It's true. <laughs> 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 He can't help himself, can he? It's, it's like a well, natural then. reaction. <laughs> I'm not going to have a pop it, son. It's too, it's too I'm, I'll, I'll, I'm, 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 
I'm not having a problem with Sunderland. I told you, Sunderland appointed a very, very good championship manager. They told us he was a very good championship manager. <laughs> so anyway, so <laughs> I was in I was in, a, I was in the strawberry on Saturday night, Lee, when the uh, the league tables came up, and uh, obviously we're sitting in fourth place, and the the chant in the bar was uh, Champions League, you're having a laugh uh, to the to the sky to people that Newcastle fans were chanting. Then the Championship League came up, <laughs> and you see there, and you've got the bottom three, and then you've got a little dotted line going across, and then you've got Sunderland sitting, and then the chant changed to. You're being held up by a dotted line. You're being held up by a dotted line, which I thought was absolute, absolute class, you know. And they are. They're being held up from from a relegation point by a by a dotted line that goes across that championship right. table at the moment. Uh, good, good championship manager and a very, very good League One one as well. So, uh, well, okay, gentlemen, I have to end the show. <laughs> Thanks for being on. Next week, gentlemen, we have Peter Ramage, uh, ex-Newcastle United player and now uh, playing for the Phoenix uh, in uh, America. So he'll be on the show next Monday. But thanks very much to, to uh, Matt Dickinson, Matthew Dickinson uh, of South Shields Football Club, and my various guests tonight with, obviously, Steve Hasty, uh, with my co-host Lee Johnson as well, uh, from Chester Street with uh, Neil in Dubai, it's been, and John, of course, uh, our regular guest on the show. Yes. And uh, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm I've got I'm to say this, does the Chronicle know this breaking news? Steve? <laughs> Do they Lee, know? Lee, Lee Ryder will announce it as his, his own news. <laughs> and, uh, do, uh, Steve, you're still there? Before I'm I go? Yeah. Uh, does, does the Evening Chronicle know this? Because I'm going to go... They're going to know about it in 10 minutes when I put it, when I send it to them. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so thanks very much for that interesting tidbit there, Steve. And uh, all the lads in the show have been a great show. I've, it's so good. It's gone half an hour over the scheduled time. So if uh, you, I'll obviously be retweeting the show later on so you can listen back and catch all my guests. Well, thanks a lot, lads. We'll catch you next Monday. Thanks very much. See you next week, lads. Lad. Yeah, take care, lads. See ya. Talk Radio. You can hear us back on the show at www.toontalk.co.uk uh, on all of our guests that we had this evening and also the breaking news when it comes to Newcastle and Mike Ashley. An interesting wrinkle, an interesting show, interesting guests. It's a must-listen, t- must-listen radio show. 
Thanks again to all my guests this evening.